Whoa, let's let's lower that music. What's up, everybody? This is Francisco here for Sports News number 136. I'm joined by my good buddies Andrew and Charles once more, guys. And actually, it'll be our last one before we take our normal like four or three month break. You know, and then we take a month break and then we, we move on. We'll be back by uh, mid NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Baseball will have actually started. So that's where we'll be when we come back. And yeah, yeah. So how, how are you guys doing? Not too bad. How about you guys? Uh, I'm, I'm effing tired. <laughs> I've, been, I've been up since 3.30. And I've had a horrendous sleep on a plane. <laughs> I had a middle seat today. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm glad I lost this weight because that would have been much more uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah, this is uh, I, I my 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 left arm aches, my right knee aches. Like I'm I'm gonna sleep good tonight for sure when I'm in my own freaking bed. But man, I am. I uh, I don't know how people do this with traveling every day on a plane. There's some people who do that. I don't I don't know who they are, but they are they 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 are crazy. Um. All right. So uh, as far as the show is concerned, we we've got there's actually sports. We might we might actually talk about sports today, which is crazy. We, we, That's what you think. Yeah. Well. Well, we do have a French fry discussion that I do have planned. Yeah, plus so much has happened. I don't. Even, I, I should have taken notes. In the last like seven days, everything went to sports hell. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Sports, you, sports like you, euphoria going. Minuses and diasexing. Actual moves, actual things happening. Actually, you can point to any sport that you like, at least the North American ones, and be like, "Hey, something happened that I could care about." So. That's that's what it is for me. I'm gonna go dive into the NHL trade deadline myself, and NBA is rolling on. Baseball is spring training's happening, a truncated spring training, but guys, the the the, free, the big free agents have all gone. Like they're gone, they're gone, and the Dolphins are trying to win back my heart. I still don't believe in them. Doug is of course drinking the Kool Aid, and we'll talk about that later as well. And then we got college tournaments. We've got March Madness, men's and women's, and we also actually have the Frozen Four uh, tournament, men's and women's as well. So just just a bunch of stuff, and of course we're we're getting the run up to, to WrestleMania, right, Charles? So, and that card's not even complete. So I, I'm I'll tell you guys right now. I don't know if we're gonna do WrestleMania predictions in the cage today, or if I just mm. might do a very long voice note, send it to you, and just say, hey, this is your special. You know, off the key. You know, I do have some spring. things in the works that I'm planning for off season for now. So keep put a pin on that idea, Charles, because it it actually might relate to what I'm trying to do. Okay, pin is put. All right. So Andrew, though, he's he's got his lasso out again, guys. Andrew, are you there, my good friend? Yes, sir. All right, go ahead. Go talk. Do your thing. All right, so as Francisco alluded to, we are in college in the winter and uh, the winter sport, uh, co- uh, collegiate winter sport playoffs mm. uh, season. Like you said, we got 
basketball, March Madness. You had the CBI, the NIT, the <laughs> NIT. WXYZ. Um, but forget all. Well, no, I well, we'll discuss it later. I want to get to our guest here. So two tournaments going on are the Division One Frozen Four for women's and men's. We, as we mentioned in our last show, I believe it was our, or two weeks ago, the women's tournament was underway, and we now have a champion. Um, congratulations to the Ohio State Buckeyes. This is, I believe, their first championship. Um, yep, this is their first championship in three appearances in the Frozen Four. Uh, Frozen Four, I know I, I'm calling it the Frozen Four, but really the Frozen Four is the Final Four. Um, the whole thing is called the NCAA Tournament. So they made it to the tournament four times, made it to the four, Frozen Four three times. This is their first championship. Congratulations to the Buckeyes. The Their opponent, Minnesota Duluth, had a interesting path to get there they had to go through a double overtime win over northeastern they were i guess the underdogs here because they were unseated in the in the group uh they were uh one of three unseated teams uh they made it all the way but fell just a goal short um our guest this evening is the one and only uh, one and only jd chambo shambo Chambo. there he is (laughs) There he is. So anyway, our guest. I just wasn't sure what I was supposed to start speaking. Oh, <laughs> just jump in. You know, we, no lube, just go for it. <laughs> so he is our resident college hockey expert, and so I guess uh, let's start with the women's tournament. Uh, now that it's over, what are your what are your thoughts? How did it go? So I mean, it's definitely. Good to finally have a first-time champion for the first time in forever. I think really the big thing for me try watching it was that the officiating was just atrocious in that it was non-existent, and I think that ended up favoring Duluth over Northeastern in that semifinal because there were multiple instances of just like very bad hits in a sport where hitting is more or less illegal to begin with. That were just going completely uncalled by the officials. Um, and not that you would know it from Twitter, because all all of like the Western hockey bloggers were like, oh, well, congratulations to Northeastern for playing like 80 straight minutes without getting a penalty. And it's like both teams are doing it. And it's the loop that checks someone into the boards right before they scored what would what would ultimately be the game winner in that second overtime. So they should have been on the penalty kill. <laughs> so there's, I think, a few people who are just a little salty about that. But I mean, outside of that, like, the teams that ended up making it like they it was they were all very good games and for the most part they turned out to be fairly evenly matched and i'm just glad it i'm just glad it was ultimately the buckeyes that won just so that like we actually can you know spread the wealth a little more because going into it there were there there were only four teams that have ever won a national championship Duluth being one of them the others being the obvious suspects wisconsin and minnesota and then clarkson okay so i've got uh, and I, I'm I'm posting the the bracket up here, and we had discussed this before to preview it before we got to the women's frozen four a, a couple shows ago. So uh, first round, I guess, because uh, uh, we had an automatic buy into the first round four. So we had uh, Knipiak, 
versus Syracuse. They won four nothing to move on to the next round. Then we had Wisconsin <laughs> taking on Clarkson. They won three to one and moved on to the next round. And then Minnesota Duluth uh, shut out against Harvard for nothing. And then that set up the next round. Um, the um, the uh, I guess seven I guess the quarterfinals. Yeah, yeah, basically quarterfinals. So uh, yeah. that's when uh, the Ohio State. I'm just going to use that since they actually earned it this time. Uh, they're uh, they they <laughs> won. Fired. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, they they kind of. Oh, God, man, God, they made everybody want to fucking cheer for the Gators. That that's that's just sad. Uh, so uh, Ohio State winning four to three versus Knipiac. And moving on to the next round. Then you had Yale beating Colgate 2-1. Then Northeastern v. Wisconsin, 4-2. And then you had Minnesota Duluth beating Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, 2-1, which I said would probably left a lot of people in Minneapolis very salty, (laughs) for sure, Uh, for Duluth beating uh, Minnesota there. And then we had uh, the actual Frozen yeah. Four, the Ohio State versus Yale, two to one. These are all close, tight games, by the way. Uh, and then Minnesota Duluth beating Northeastern, two to one. I mean, they went on a big, gigantic Cinderella run, I would say, right? From from they were unranked coming into it, um, and and then they finally fell to Ohio State, who was number one overall in the tournament. But still, three to two. A close game to finish it out. So that's that's the bracket from what I see here, and I'll try and look up for some, for some highlights. But uh, which is, uh, I mean, aside from the officiating, how, uh, JD, how was your overall impression of the tournament this year? I mean, I think the only remaining quibble I have is the NCAA's reasoning and expanding to 11 and not 12. So because before this year, it was only eight teams. And so you would have a lot of those quarterfinal matches be blowouts because you've got the auto qualifiers, of course, like bumping off some of these teams that would otherwise be in the top eight. But then, of course, like, you know, the league champions automatically get the go regardless. And so with the expansion, like you like have these games that are all very close, and, like even in the first round with Quinnipiac Syracuse yeah the final score was 4-0 but that was still a pretty close game up until like late in the third when Quinnipiac finally pulled away by getting the basically the insurance goal but like they didn't they even get on the board until halfway through the second period like it could have gone that easily could have gone Syracuse's way if they had been able to um keep up the shutout yeah or at least put up a goal and then and, like and Wisconsin the Clarkson yeah, yeah it was like a two goal difference but I'm yeah yeah and, like even Wisconsin Clarkson it's like yeah like 3-1 but like that third goal came very late in the third period like up until that point we thought there might have been a chance that 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 one would go into overtime and then you as a result you have far more competitive quarterfinals ultimately like the the ohio state quinnipiac game that one also went into overtime i think that one actually went into two overtimes as well so like you have basically ohio state in a in an actual competitive quarterfinal whereas before this year they would have been up against syracuse and it probably would have been a similar result to syracuse's actual first round game where they um, would get they got flattened, but um, the margins are a lot closer. Like you actually have these top teams that are able to get a chance like Duluth, I believe, was eighth in the um, overall seed table before entering the tournament. So had this been or or, or seventh had this been under the original format, they wouldn't have even made the tournament. And then they ended up in the championship game. So the changes are definitely for the better. The games were certainly um, entertaining, and competitive. 
I think it's just NCAA, get your shit together and just add a 12C for next that's, year because you've got another league coming that's about to get their auto bid anyway. That, that's what <laughs> that's what I was looking at when I looked at this bracket and Andrew was telling me that it was an 11 team bracket. I'm like, wait, that's that's so weird. Why 11? <laughs> why why this random number out of everything is just make everything even? Uh, it it, just, it, it oh. doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, so the reason is based on the actual proportion of teams when compared against the men's tournament. All right, folks, this is Francisco again. So sorry about that. I, I had some technical difficulties on my end. I will get the guys back on. <laughs> oh, here we are. Okay, so you guys are back on now. So I, I, I've, uh, I've, I've got this back on. So can anybody hear me? Anybody there? Yes. All yeah, right. We, we all hear you. All right. So this is uh, oh, it was uh, pretty seamless for me to get on and off again. So, so I, I'm already restarting. We're we're gonna keep going. It, it's already happening live right now. This is the beauty of live. It's oh, TV oh, streaming. Oh, whatever. Whether, whether they're hearing me telling JD, I know nothing about hockey, and then, <laughs> you know, Cole Gay, I'm a crest man anyway. Because <laughs> those are like the behind the scenes, you know, mm. the greatest hits that I need to profit off of. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so now we're back in, and yeah, so where were we? Where did we leave off? I'm not even sure anymore. JD was educating us. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm not quite sure where I got cut off, but as for like 11 versus 12, so really, the tournament expansion was motivated by two things. One is that there's actually a new conference of teams that have just moved up to the Division One slash Division Two level that's about to get their auto bid, so the tournament would have had to expand anyway. But then also, of course, like after what happened with the basketball tournaments last year, where the where the inequities between those tournaments specifically were exposed, like the NCAA, of course, has been under fire yeah. as they usually are. But um, specifically for like the inequities in the two, yeah, like and the, between the weight rooms, the food, the women's and the yeah. men's counterparts in the same sports. So basically, the reason, yeah. So the reason for eleven is that based on. The fraction of 11 to, what is it, 42 currently women's teams versus 16 men's teams or 16 spots in the men's tournament for 59 men's teams. Like those percentages are the closest to being like exact. And so basically they're going by the malicious compliance. Like we're going for like exact equality, but it's like we don't necessarily want equality so much as we want equity. It does it to me. It doesn't seem like 11 versus 12 makes much of that much of a difference, especially with these teams that are upcoming like the league like the new the new league in question currently has six teams they're about to get a seventh next year alongside that auto bit and then on the men's side of things you have like additional teams either restarting their programs after initially cutting them or like brand new programs in fact lindenwood announced just today that they are indeed officially going division one in men's hockey for next year so within the next few years like you'll have 63 so it's like so the, the number of teams is changing anyway. So to me, using the percent using it based on the percentage of how teams there are in current year doesn't seem to make much sense. Like eleven versus twelve. I, I just don't get it. Like the only the only thing I can think of is if like they wanted to keep the ad number of at larges consistent with the new hog getting an automate next year, but they but like if that's the actual reasoning, then just say that. I think that would have gone over better because then people would have been like, well, okay, like at least that sort of makes sense but they didn't so now it's just like well is the number of at large is going to shrink by one next year or are they going to add another tournament birth and just make it all like it should have been so I'm, I'm just posted up uh an article from sb nation because I, i'm trying to understand 
that well this has been something they've been calling for for expanding the women's hockey tournament bracket uh and they finally did it but from the way that you are reacting it seems like they didn't go it made no sense to go with it this way and then just kind of delay the inevitable of just evening out the tournament regardless as far as i as as, as, as far as i can see it from here and they're giving out reasons why and things like that but yeah the reason, like the reasoning that they gave, made no sense. And people have already been on the NCAA's case for years mm. about how they do the bare minimum when it comes to the women's tournament. To the point where, unlike on, unlike with their men's counterparts, there were basically like almost every first round match would end up being an intra-conference matchup most years because it would reduce the amount of travel. Like there was one year where like Northeastern and BC were matched up, even though like Northeastern was like the third or fourth overall seed and like BC had barely squeaked in. And so they should have been sent out West to play like Minnesota, Wisconsin, whoever was number one that year. And said, they're like, well, no, like let's put them together. But that way, like we don't even have to worry about a bus because it's like basically a subway trip. And it's just like, it's little things like that that have the women's hockey community like mad at the NCAA. And so then like, yes, they finally expand the tournament and then they do so in a way that makes everyone question, well, are you doing this just to be performative? Or are you doing this because you should have, you realize now that you should have done it to begin with anyway. It's a, it's kind of a mess sometimes. Okay. So the disparities between men's and women's leagues in the NCAA continue on, <laughs> essentially. Yes. All right. All right. So now we're on to the men's tournament. So but uh, before, we, yeah. before we get to the main tournament, we, we need to go back in time a little bit. Back in time to March 19th. It is the final of the which conference is it the ccha the central collegiate hockey association it is between the minnesota state university mavericks and the bemidji state university beavers i could tell you what happened but i'm gonna let jd here explain because he's going to be able to say it so much better than i could yep all right so i think a a little bit of background is needed on how the NCAA tournament itself works to so fully grasp what was at stake here, because it wasn't, of course, just Minnesota State or Bemidji um, involved in the fallout from this. So like other NCAA tournaments, like the conference champions like get automatic bids and there's like a number of at-larges. Now, unlike what you might be used to with the basketball tournament, where it's like, yeah, like there's metrics that the committee might consider but ultimately they can do whatever they feel like. With the hockey tournament, the teams are basically selected by something that's called by what's called the pairwise comparison, which is like you take each team, you compare it with the other 58, and then you compare it based on their rating percentage index, whether they've played head to head and whether they like their records against common opponent, like any opponents that they have in common. And based on how those comparisons work out, like you either win the comparison or lose the comparison, and then you're ranked in order of how many of those comparisons you win. Short version, it ultimately gets dominated by RPI anyway, but that's beside the point. So going into the weekend, you had UMass Lowell, Northeastern, and Ohio State sitting on the bubble who were knocked out of their conference tournaments, but could still get in if certain results went their way. One of which was that Minnesota State, Bemidji State game, because Minnesota State was in the top four overall overall in the pairwise, whereas Bemidji was down near 30. So if Minnesota State is locked into the tournament regardless, Bemidji State needs to win and get in. 
And so, like, as night's going on, like, teams are watching the results. Well, UMass beats UConn in the Hockey East tournament, so that secures Lowell's spot. Harvard ends up upsetting Winnipeg in overtime of the ECAC tournament. That knocks out Ohio State. But by this point, Minnesota State had scored what appeared to be the game-winning goal in the CCHA tournament. And so Northeastern thinks they're safe because two teams that would have been in anyway won their conference tournament championships. Here's where things get dicey. So the so basically CCHA game goes to overtime. Minnesota State scores what appears to be the game-winning goal. Officials review it, uphold the ruling on, on the ice of a good goal. And so like the officials leave the end up leaving the ice. They actually end up leaving the building entirely. Oh my Apparently. god. The I'm watching the replay, out, sorry. They hand out the trophy. <laughs> yeah, they hand out the trophy and like they're like handing out like the like MLP award for the tournament and so on until so, like Minnesota State celebrating. Bemidji has vacated the ice and into the locker room. And by the way, like these are actually relevant details to what I'm about to explain. And so like, and then of course, like the crowd starts to file out after the celebration. So like for all intents and purposes, the game has been ruled over. Everyone assumes it's over. Van Cato retires to their, or Minnesota State retires to their locker room with uh, Mason Cup in hand. But the ultimate problem was that it turns out the goal should not have counted. What happens next is that as all these celebrations are going on, like as the officials have vacated the ice, which again is a key point here, basically the healthy scratches or like player like the, who hadn't dressed for the game for Bemidji sees like social media blowing up about how well the goal didn't count, like what what were the refs looking at, like did they look at it, etc. So they take it to their coach and be like, well, look, what actually happened was that as the goalie was as Bemidji goalie was trying to make the save, they had started to remove the goal from the moorings. That in itself would not have prevented the goal from counting, except for the fact that the puck, as a result, was able to slide in under the goal cage instead of um, going in through where the goal mouth So, so, uh, so, it, it, uh, so the goal... JD, if you let me just explain this part right here. So I've got the... Uh, on yep. the video version of this podcast, uh, I've got the video up right now, and I'm, I'm watching the replay. So what happens is... So uh, the... the, the the, the skater is shooting the puck towards the net and the goalie is trying to make a sprawling save trying to cover um, the the near side of the net on his, on his end and when he's doing that he's moving the goal and it's it just nudges up and down just a bit you can see it kind of tilt forward just a tiny bit and the yep. the the shooter gets that puck to slide in underneath the goal but not through the goal line but actually outside of the net through it on the outside in it was pretty close to uh i guess that's that end where the mooring is but if you look at it like on fast speed you wouldn't have guessed that it went through there but like when you see it in slow motion it's like oh 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 god oh no oh god no and yeah like you said you, you know goals can can count when they're lifted from the moorings but they have to get through the actual goal mouth and the goal line not from the outside going in so that's what i have here yeah yeah like the the intent yeah like the intent is to prevent the defense from being able to benefit from knocking the goal off the moorings but not for the offense to be able to then magically score goals that shouldn't be possible like just from a physics standpoint so but then the, but ultimately the issue was that it was reviewed initially and it still counted well then it so one of two things happened, the second of which was ultimately what the league would later claim. Either the officials just didn't realize what had happened because they weren't looking for it. They were just looking to see whether 
I don't know that whether the goalie had somehow tried to interfere with things or whatnot, and whether it should have been awarded goal regardless, or they just didn't have that replay angle in particular. So here's the problem. This gets brought by the Bemidji players to their coach, who then brings it to Don Lucia, the commissioner of the CCHA. Well, and this is well after the refs had left the building. Everyone else had basically cleared the ice and was in the process of leaving. And Lucia ultimately has the director of officials re-review the goal based on the new angles that officials on the ice didn't have access to and decides, well, you know what? This shouldn't have been a goal. Therefore, it therefore, like we need to um, resume the game because it's not actually over. But the issue with that is that at least one NCAA rule, and I'm by which I mean from the actual ice hockey rules of the game, not the Division One manual, at least one rule was definitely broken here. As many as four were. The rules in question are 31-1, appointment of officials, which state that the on-ice officials shall be the referees and linesmen, and the off-ice officials shall be timekeeper, scorer, two goal judges, and a video system replay official. None of which are Don Lucia. <laughs> so he has no authority to order the game to restart under any circumstances. Another rule, uh, I need to scroll down because I want to get the exact text here. Where is 82-1, game intermission timing which states in part that officials duties and powers continue during intermissions and until until all players have left the ice and entered the dressing room at the conclusion of the game. So the players had exited the ice, so the officials had no more say. There's rule 88, which states that protests are not recognized or allowed, which arguably the Bemidji, the Bemidji players were, pro, were doing just that. And then from the replay rules, 93.6, allowable time for review, explicitly states... And this was in a memo that went out to all conferences earlier this year, according to other reporting, that video review must be initiated and reviewed prior to officials exiting the ice for the end of a period. Now, remember, the officials hadn't just left the ice. They had left the building. So by rule, well, the game was over despite the bad goal. <laughs> and so and so basically all hell breaks loose because, again, remember, Northeastern sitting there thinking that they're in because... Minnesota State had one, meaning there was no bid. There, there was no bid to be filed at CCHA. But then, because of this ruling, which is in contravention to at minimum Rule ninety three point six, if not the others I mentioned, Bemidji could have potentially won, earned a spot via auto bid, and bumped out a team that wasn't even involved in the game from the tournament. And so you had a lot of people arguing either way on Twitter, and a lot of it comes down to Eastern hockey fans versus Western hockey fans for the most part, because Don Lucci has a a fairly beloved figure in the Western hockey community, something which is very apparent from the hagiography that Flow Hockey, who is the CCHA's um, media partner, wrote in their recap of the game, where they were like talking about how the how the Northeastern hockey vlog was spewing about how this was wrong, despite the article. This article itself noting the same italics from the NCAA rulebook that ninety three that rule ninety three six says that this review should not have counted, um, and in They've, it follows off by saying, well, the boys at Boston were fuming. The men in Mankato were pretty calm, all things considered. And basically just talking about how justice was able to be served. Now, I think you three of all people know the difference between, like, what's legal and what's right. And, like, the difference between law uh. and justice. But you also <laughs> need to have the context here that this is a goddamn hockey game. Like, no one is dying as a result. 
of I, not following the rules. I, I love how... Um, Why, and as well-intentioned as violating the protocol might have been, uh, I, like I, you're I, now opening a can of worms for admins to go back in after the fact and manipulate results all over the place. And a lot of people don't like that possibility being opened as a result of, as a result of what happened here. I mean, people are, are like, I, I don't know. <laughs> It's funny how how the the extreme comparisons they're putting in. They're putting in comparison to the uh, the goal in the crease call from the ninety uh, nine Stanley Cup final. Like they're putting it in, oh, in that God. era. Of, <laughs> I'm like, all right, guys, calm down. <laughs> I, I, I looked at. The, I'm looking. I'm reading this article. I'm like, whoa, guys, whoa, yeah. pump the brakes, pump pump the brakes real quick, guys. Come on now. <laughs> but in the end, like, uh, Northeastern still won. Yeah, and it's. Well, oh, oh. yeah, like Northeastern still got in because yeah, still got in. ultimately exactly. what yeah. happened was 40, yeah, like 60, because like they finally resumed the game 60 minutes after it ended. And then uh, Minnesota State ended up winning anyway on a goal that there was no doubt on two minutes into the restarted overtime. Honestly, this is so not ultimately, this, Yeah, I, I'm looking, this is not the craziest no, thing that has sorry. happened in, in, in hockey with regards to tournaments. Heck, was it? Uh, I forgot. I think it was uh, the Stanley Cup Finals between Edmonton and Boston, where I think their lights w- went out and they basically had to end the game in a tie and had to have another game to, to start. Um, so weird stuff happens in hockey, guys. It's it's fun. You know, it's a funny Canadian game, and Canadians like to put funny Canadian rules. So weird stuff happens. That's why we have uh, goaltenders who are just regular dudes being emergency backups and, and all kinds of weird stuff. So this isn't exactly the craziest thing to ever happen in hockey, but at the same time, it's like it's to be expected. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like it's. And it's like, yeah, it would have sucked for the game to end on an officiating error. But that happens all the goddamn time in sports. <laughs> like, there's the pitcher, Detroit, Detroit Tigers pitcher, whose name is oh, Armando Galarraga. Perfect yeah. game because the umps screwed. Yes, thank you. Because the umps screwed up on what would have been the 27th out. At the time, there were people saying, well, then Commissioner Badilic should have stepped in and, be, and then ruled that no, because it was infected out, like it should have just ended on what would have been out 27 in the first, um, would have been the original out 27 in the first place, because it wouldn't have ultimately impacted the result of the game. But that wasn't the case because the, because I think ultimately we accept that, yeah, officials screw up. And there are cases where you should, you like, you want to go back and be like, well, they should like either like change the result or um like do the replay or whatever but the last thing you want is for administrators to then be able to go back and like oh well this ticky tack call shouldn't have counted because of x reasons so Mm -hmm. we're going to avoid the result of the game or blah 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 or whatever because like you don't want it to because like you don't want a system where people can go back and try to favor well, teams, particular teams, or their, their league. Because while I'm not accusing Don Lucia in particular of doing this, like, his league could have easily benefited from restarting the game inappropriately mm-hmm. because if Bemidji wins, well, then that's a third bit for the conference that they wouldn't otherwise have had instead of the two teams that they got in that they did. And so, because... It's so like you have all these knock-on effects that if, of impact teams that are not even involved in the game itself until ultimately you have to decide when is the game over? 
and just accept that, yeah, these guys screwed up, either reprimand them or like fire them or whatever, or if there's like a rule that's stupid, then change said rule. And honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm in the I, off season or I've clarify them. I've relooked like, at the at the replay, and even even with slow motion and just like glancing at it, I'm like, I would have probably made that mistake. Well, it looks like a good goal. Like it, it's it's so uh, the angle that they have for that camera. And mind you, this is a, a college hockey tournament. And they're not going to have the same angles that they got in the NHL during the Stanley Cup Finals. They're, they're not going to have like 40 different cameras inside of the net and outside of the net to to capture that. But even uh, given the angle that they have, which is the best one is the one above the net behind the goalie. Uh, you look at it in real time and you're like, okay, that looks like a good goal. You slow it down a bit and it still kind of looks like a good goal. Only when you actually see the angle and of the puck and where it's going through and it's that's when you start to think hmm i'm I'm not a geometry expert but that doesn't seem like it's physically possible (laughs) so that's that's the i feel like it's an honest mistake by whoever reviewed that play uh and 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 considered that a good goal so i I don't know just making i feel like it's an honest mistake to be honest i don't think it's is as grand as uh as the aforementioned uh, Jim Joyce call with the Detroit Tigers pitcher, uh, I, th- I feel like I would have made that mistake myself, just looking at it right there and then. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. um, all right. So now we do have an actual. And I, th- I think one more side okay. is that related. Oh. Well. Sorry, we're, well, we're, well, we're on again, a bit this, of a, of a delay here, JD. But... Yeah, so. Sorry about that. It's like, I mean, like five, six seconds delay. So, but yeah, yeah like this ultimately does segue into the actual. Yeah, so like this ultimately does segue into the actual tournament discussion. But like, if you want to go back and, and like try to adjudicate, um, like the results after the fact, well, then you have the issue where Michigan canceled the game on Western Michigan back in December. Citing bullshit health and safety reasons when they clearly had enough players to play. And that ultimately. The not playing that game may have given Michigan the number one overall seed over Minnesota State. Someone actually went back and they're like, OK, well, what would have happened had. Um, Western Michigan won. Well, then Minnesota State would be one. Michigan would be two. There's some reshuffling downfield. But, like, the same teams get in, but it could have impacted the matchups that ultimately got assigned. Although, amusingly enough, Western Michigan is three either way. So they are, of all the teams, they're the only ones that aren't impacted by Michigan canceling on them. But anyway, so, yeah, so. Yeah, so basically at a certain point, you have to say enough is enough. And, like, the result is the result. And it's too bad. If like a mistake happened, because you could go back to any of these games, flip a result and wind up with um, sometimes drastic, sometimes not um, outcomes. All right, so I've got the bracket up right now. We've got uh, one game is actually happening at the moment. So we got North Dakota versus Notre Dame uh, happening right now. They're in the third period over on ESPNU. Yep. 
Uh, a game already happened already. Minnesota State beat Harvard, so they moved on to the um, to the next round to the quarterfinals. Uh, and, and then we've uh, got the rest of the bracket. So we got Western Michigan facing off against the aforementioned Northeastern. So that's that'll that'll be happening tomorrow. Followed by we got Minnesota versus UMass, yep. uh, which is happening tomorrow as well. And then uh, later on today, uh, we've already had Minnesota Duluth beat out Michigan Tech, and they've moved on to the next round. And later on today, we've got Denver versus UMass Lowell. And then tomorrow, we have Michigan versus American International, and then Knipiak versus St. Cloud State. And that's the rest of the tournament going on from here on out. Um, Do you have any predictions, uh, comments? Concerns, feelings, what have you. Yeah, so, yeah, so like I was sick earlier today, so I, or sick the last few days, so I actually missed much of today's earlier games. Um, and fun fact, speaking of tournament format changes, this is actually the first year where there's an off day between the first round and the quarterfinals in each region. So that, that explains why there have been games already played, because normally... The tournament would have started tomorrow afternoon, but now it's like you have game Thursday, Saturday in one regional, or one pair of regionals, and then Friday, Sunday in another. And so ESPN's like, oh, well, if there's only four games in a day anyway, we're just going to run it as a quadruple header. So, yeah, so basically you, the, the Thursday, Friday, when no one's watching, you have games starting at noon. Um, <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> but from what I gathered from the chat in the, the College Hockey Discord, um... Yeah, Minnesota State almost blew it because they were in control of it. Harvard basically scored two or three goals of an extra attacker and were like very, very close to actually getting um, an equalizer right before the final horn. So I would have if I'm a Mavericks fan, I am, be ve- I am very concerned right now, <laughs> especially since the team that will be facing will either be North Dakota, who were co-regular season champions in the NCHC and um, a perennial power, or they'll play Notre Dame, who actually swept Michigan in the regular season. Um, so I think whoever, whoever, I think, yeah, that one's currently level. I think North Dakota would ultimately be the favorite to come out of that region. Um, going over to the West, um, I honestly don't know. Like, I would have put my money on Denver, but then they kind of stumbled in the, um, Frozen face-off, and I'm pretty sure that they were... And yeah, if, yeah, they lost to Duluth last weekend, so... I think Minnesota Duluth might actually um, be the favorite there. Like, I don't really have much faith in UMass will be getting past Denver to begin with, especially since that regional is in Colorado. So Denver already... So Denver has the built-in altitude advantage. <laughs> Excuse me. And then... Going to the other regionals, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I would favor Minnesota maybe coming out of that um, Worcester regional. Um, I mean, Western Michigan has had a far better of an expected season, but they've also kind of been a bit um, inconsistent 
at times. I think they beat Northeastern, but I wouldn't bet on them getting past whichever Minnesota or Massachusetts wins that other first round game. And of Minnesota and Massachusetts, UMass's problem is that they're they have a above average goalie, but they don't really have like great goaltending. And so as long as so if Minnesota can overwhelm the UMass defense, I think the Gophers would take that one for sure. And then with that remaining regional, I mean, Michigan, I think, is a prohibitive favorite to win the entire tournament just because of how much talent that they have. But they've also been so inconsistent all season. I would have written them off as the first round exit, except they got matched up with American International, who, while they're capable of um, giving top teams fits and have actually had a string of upsets recently in the NCAA tournament, I don't know that they would be able to realistically get much offense going against Michigan, and so I think that would be the difference there. Quinnipiac, I think, is overseeded just by weakness of um, how the ratings percentage index works, because the ECAC has just been uncharacteristically weak this year due to two-thirds of the conference not playing last year due to shutting down over COVID. And um, that's the league where all the Ivy hockey schools play. And then you also had RPI and Union, who um, are basically wannabe Ivies itself, um, fall, ended up following their lead. And so those teams ended up losing a lot to transfers. And so while Quinnipiac is, is a solid team, I don't know that they really should be a two-seed. And so I think St. Cloud will end up winning that one. And then of St. Cloud and Michigan, um, I don't know. I mean, Michigan, of course, could, could be anyone on a good day, but I think they're due for another off day. And so I, I don't think they get out of the region. Like, I have seen this too many times with my own <laughs> with my own team at BU before, where it's like you've got this like very top-heavy, very talented team that gets run over in the actual NCAA tournament by teams who have actual experience because they're not replacing everyone every year. So that's my take on that. I think overall, I mean, I didn't actually submit a bracket ahead of time, but I don't know. I think Minnesota would actually be my pick to win the whole thing. But we'll see. I'm usually wrong on these things because one, anything can happen in a single elimination tournament. Mm. And two, like just how the teams end up matching based on um, the pairwise can lead it to some, some very interesting matchups. But yeah, I think that, but yeah, with Minnesota, I think they should get out of their region because I think they have a fairly weak one seed. Um, and then I, and basically I would pick them over North Dakota or Notre Dame. So it really depends on who they end up meeting on the other side of the bracket. If it ends up being Michigan after all, then, um, there was last weekend where Minnesota got pantsed at home in the big 10 tournament championship. Mm. But I think overall the season, I believe they ended up splitting the regular season series. So I, on neutralized, I would still favor Minnesota. Okay. Um, oh, uh, is there is there anything more, Andrew? I think that's it. I mean, JD, is there anything else you wanted to mention? 
Um. No, I think the only other thing to mention is that, yeah, like the games through Saturday's regional finals are almost all on ESPNU. There's one game tomorrow um, in primetime that's on ESPN News instead. And then all the other games um, from Sunday's regionals through the conclusion are on ESPN2. Um, though there's also a week off between the regionals and the Frozen Four. Because, of course, like, they don't want to have the Frosted Four and the Men's and Women's Final Fours in the same same weekend. So the championship weekend isn't until um, April 7th and 9th. Okay. Oh, and I guess um, before you go, we just, this will help us segue into our next segment anyways. If we just want to know your opinion before you hop off. What's your favorite fast food or burger chain french fries? Which one? He which one's number guy. one? Why are we doing this to him? <laughs> because Charles, I don't, you're I don't the you're hate the, nobody. Exactly, you're you're the reason why I'm asking this. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, well, I I would honestly say McDonald's, even though I know that's like a very unpopular answer. But like, no, like well, I just, you're a man of culture. Just do like prefer like the thin cut fries and um like the. Flavoring from their cooking process, um, I feel like most other fries are either too thick or too bland somehow. Okay, see something very important that we needed to know. That that's all we wanted to know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and and of course, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having him on. Thanks, JD. We appreciate it. Hi, JD. No worries. Take care. You too. Okay. This this Discord thing is actually much easier than the Facebook thing. We pop in, pop out, things like that. I mean, I reconnect to you guys much faster than I normally did. So oh, the, the the technical difficulties. My computer hasn't crashed again, so I don't know. I don't. Know. It might have been the PS2 title that I put on in the background. Uh, some some emulation still not 100% perfect. Everybody. Sometimes things go wrong, and I'm over here trying to put on. You know, a great show and everything like that. But you know what? Let's transition into this, guys, because Charles is threatening to end friendships, and we have to talk about this. So, well, uh, I'm not trying to end friendships, but <laughs> it goes back to my my problem with humanity. We we are we we are gifted with intellect, and we are gifted with emotion, and sometimes our hearts choose where our heads tell us is wrong. And sometimes our brains use what our heart tells us we shouldn't go with. And when it comes to a lot of food materials, I find a lot of inner contradictions, inner hypocrisies. And then I also find out there's a lot of psychopaths out there that like foods done in particular skill or fashion, boys. Mm. And what I find is also some people, (laughs) some people also Mm. like to do the whole like, ah, you could do this, but we'll do that. And they don't want to make a decision. Mm. I understand. It's your life, your call. Stand up or enjoy the fall. That's from June of Great Band. Listen to them. But for every person who's like, oh, Nightmare Before Christmas is both a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie, I hate people like you. We got that Twitter feed. I'll lead into it to allow you to lead into it. We got the Twitter link of 
was it I sent it or you sent it, Francisco? But where's the best fast food? I, I retweeted it, so here we are. It's on the video version of the screen, uh-huh. but we're gonna put. Um, it's it's nine different establishments that they've put up on the board here. Now we, we can. Go- I've had eight of the nine, so I can only comment on that. I cannot. Uh, comment all right, on so the so we have these are the contestants so far. We have Chick Fil A, McDonald's, Arby's, Wendy's, Burger King, Five Guys, Steak and Shake. Whataburger and checkers slash rallies. All right. So, ah, uh, where, where do we? Who? Who? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. I want to hear Andrew. <laughs> I want to hear Andrew. Anytime it's food selection now, from now on, Andrew. Him. Because you know, guys already know I'm a psychopath. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm expecting you to say steak and shake. I'm gonna stab you in the eye. <laughs> Let me, let me see what the list is. I, I forgot what it was already. It's on the screen. It's also on our our, our Sports Goose Twitter page. But uh, uh, once again, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Arby's. Okay. There we go. Okay, he's got it. And let me guess. There's you got two little... options. Two options. I think two is fair, right, Francis? Let's go, or do you want to do three? Okay, two. okay. how about this? All right, how about this? Uh, you're number one. You're number two if you can't get your number one, and the worst one on the list. Yeah, okay, I'm definitely about this. Okay. Um, well, I've never been to Whataburger, so I can't choose eight. I'm going to defer judgment there. Yeah, okay. How, how many of us have actually been to Whataburger? I've been in a region that's had a Whataburger, but I haven't had it. I've I haven't had it. been in a, I haven't been in a region that's had a Whataburger since I was nine years old, and yeah. I never went. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, so okay, so let's let's remove Whataburger. We have no opinion on it right now. Okay. Um, now one one other question: Is this when it's at its best? Oh my God! You knew exactly where my my brain was going. <laughs> is this when it's at its best, at its worst, or okay. somewhere in the middle? All right, I let's... mean, it, it's really going on your pleasantries because that's why it's going to be your top thing. So sometimes it might be at at your best. That's going to be that's my contingency when I speak. So you'll see why. Hmm. Okay, so I'm going to assume that these are fries at their best. Yeah, and then there's going to be one that we pick that we hate. Right. Ah, uh, goodness. I mean, Steak and Shake is probably the lowest on my list. Um, well, Steak and Shake and Steak and Shake in general is is uh, as much as at the, the there's it's, a, there's it's a, a meal is the diner aspect. That's yeah, that and the fact that they have steak burgers. But the thing is, they're also more expensive. And there's a video from uh, Company Man on YouTube. If you watch this video, they're in the they're in a decline right now. So there's not as many of them around. I've had them, of course. They've got the shakes, which is their other thing, right? But they're not at the same, I guess, um, density across the country. Do we have a uniform place that we can replace Whataburger with that does fries? That's not a. a, a It have to be a. It'd have to be a place that we've all been to. Um, and you've got the... We don't, have to, we don't have to add in. I think there's a heavy selection, but if anybody's I mean, at White Castles... 
Because I feel like a crinkle fry ought to be mentioned. I've never been to White Castle. Let's just leave it. Let's just leave okay. it. Yeah, White Castle is very much more northeastern type of thing, especially in New York. Let's just leave it blank. Let's yeah. leave it blank. So, now, if you had asked me this question, I'm, I'm kind of working my way backward. Because I can definitely say what is my least favorite. If you had right, asked we're, we're me... Least favorite, yeah. If you had asked me six months ago, give or take, I would have absolutely said Wendy's, without a, without a doubt. But I'll give them props. They introduced a new fry, and it's actually not bad. It's not terrible. It's pretty good. It's It's not my favorite, but it's a lot better than the way it used to be. So that's why it's no longer my bottom... That's where Steak and Shake will go. Uh, goodness. Holly. Um, I think when they're at their best, We're gonna we're gonna have to add a, a, a clock now, like a uh, like the draft. You're on the clock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do the Jeopardy thing. But and then this Jeopardy thing, you gotta make a decision. You get two options, man. Yeah, you get a one A and a one B. I, I think my, my one my one B would probably be Burger King. Let him speak. <laughs> Let him speak. Let him. Okay, so that's your one B. I don't see no chicken fries on that. But those are that. But that, that those are chicken they, fingers. <laughs> the Burger King has this good mix of amount of fry. You know, it's not too thin, not too thick, and they they salt it up pretty well. It's a tough decision because. I could, if I had three choices, I would put, well. No, you get two, man. You can't, you know, got, know, don't I be know. that person. I know, I know. You know what? I'm going to change my 1B. I'm going to change no, my 1B. You, you, don't be, don't let peer pressure get you either. You be you. Well, when you said, ugh, that's that's tough. I, I'm contentious. Like, you're not going to agree with my stuff. It's okay. Andrew, we knew what, what we were getting into when I brought up this con- this conversation. Yeah. So, go, go ahead. Listen, and watch again. I'm, I'm a psychopath, so we don't know what I'm picking. Yeah. Right? Oh, I Whatever you pick. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, oh. I'm just going to pull the trigger. I think my 1B is McDonald's. And my 1A is Chick-fil-A. Okay. All right, so now we... All right, so you picked your worst, Steak and Shake, and then your 1A and 1B. All right. Now, who... I want to say this. Mm. My 1A and 1B are really freaking close, and I would... I am willing to swap them mm. depending on how I'm feeling that day. Because I had McDonald's recently. I have not had Chick-fil-A recently. So it's kind of like a flip-flop. But yeah, that's my that's my 1A, 1B. Alright, who... 
do you want me to go next, Charles, or do you want to leave yourself? For, I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you want, want to do this? How do you I, think my personality is going to react? Uh, I feel like I feel like if you know both of our opinions, your opinion will be a lot more demonstrative. So I'm going to go with mine. <laughs> okay, I, and I feel I've got an opinion on pretty much everything here except for Whataburger because I once again I haven't had it, and uh, and then you have like other fringe places like you got BurgerFi and Shake Shack and and Zaxby's and things like that. So, um, but they're they're not on the list. And Zaxby's, you can make an argument, is, I don't know, fast casual? I, I, I don't know. There's all kinds of things. But, um, so if I'm going to go with the worst one on this list here, the worst one, I can't even remember what Steak and Shake fries taste like. That's the thing. Like, I, and they look entirely super thin, right? They're probably the most thin of that, that that's there. So, but I can't remember what so i i feel like i can't even make an opinion on them because i have no opinion on because i don't remember anything about them so i don't know if they're worse or if they're decent so we're, we're just going to remove that from there uh checkers and rallies i don't mind the seasoning on it you know that's that's they got some some type of seasoning there and i mean it's all grease and it's all heart attack anyways so i, I if i had to go with consistency and this is this is what i'm basing my opinion on charles is consistency because you're talking about at its best i'm talking about i can go to worse i can go to a place at in florida or a place in wisconsin or a place out in colorado and this is what i'm going to get consistently across the board because you know you've got there are some fast foods places that it's like oh that's the good burger king oh no that's the bad burger king you know so i'm just gonna go with an average consistency here and man i do not like burger king's fries i don't like from a consistency standpoint across the board uh, uh, they made a good change i don't know way back in like 2000 and two or something like that to their fries and i thought they tasted fantastic back then but then they made a change to it, and whatever change they made to their fry formula, I feel like, for me, it's not really about the salt factor, to be honest. It's real about that potato consistency. And I feel like a lot of times when I eat a Burger King fry, it's not well done enough, where I'm, I'm tasting the potato that's a bit too raw, in, in a sense, to me. Like, I don't know. I feel I like a good, crispy potato. I like a good... Uh, that doesn't have to be completely well done with burnt and all that stuff. I don't, I don't like that. But, you know, a little you know, medium well uh, cooking on, on, on that. And Burger King, feel like whatever machine that they use doesn't do it justice. It doesn't do a good job of it. So I'm going to have to go with Burger King at the bottom. Uh, Wendy's... I haven't tried the new fries as much, Andrew, from, from what you've said with the, the formula change, so I, I can't really base my opinion on it. And as far as my number one, guys, and this is going to be a this is gonna be a huge surprise because I, I keep trashing on this place, but I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A. I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A with the fries. Their chicken is overrated, but the fries, I feel like I haven't had a bad one from them. McDonald's is fine. McDonald's is like the Mario of french fries it's an all-arounder right of course you got to get to it before it turns into cardboard uh, but i but i would have to say number one is chick-fil-a five guys i i like them 
but I always feel like I'm going to have a heart attack after I eat their fries. And then Arby's is almost a, a little bit of a, a lesser factor, the Five Guys factor, which is like I feel like when I have a heart attack afterwards. Uh, but they're fine fries. Uh, Arby's, and, and because of the curliness, maybe it's the, the novelty of the curly fries. And it might be the thing with Chick-fil-A. But I feel like the way that maybe the waffle fries give me that crispiness and consistency and well-cooked factor that I like. Because, look, I, I, I'm not a guy who needs a ton of salt on my fries. You know, put it lightly, I, I, that's fine. I don't want to get all that sodium, all that water weight on me. You know, but, uh, yeah, Chick-fil-A, surprisingly number one for me on this list. But their chicken sandwiches are overrated. All right. So, all right, Charles, here we go. Excuse me. I'm just picking my jaw for, <laughs> for a second. I, I'm i not surprised by Andrew on his favorite. I'm surprised a little bit yours on your favorite. I knew you were going to trash Burger King. My worst, the, no debate, is Steak and Shake. Like, it's not good. They're piss for shoestring fries. They have literally no flavor or taste to it. They taste, they're too thin to be potato-y. Every time I eat there, I get sick. They're Oof. not enjoyable restaurant. I don't Oof. like them. Don't sponsor us. I don't care. Don't call. <laughs> don't call. <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. 1A, 1B. Because we're talking about at its best. At its best, McDonald's fries, when they're hot and they're salty... When they're not trying to be healthy, when you want that either for 11 a.m. burger, and I don't eat the burgers at McDonald's. Really, the only time I eat McDonald's is when I'm hungry and I'm driving back and it's late and it's like 12 in the morning. If I'm coming, like when I got out of the Batman and it was like 11:30, I was dying and I was mm. stuck in traffic. I got two McChickens and those fries, man. Mm. And yes, they they turn dangerously terrible right after, but. I think you can make the argument that all these fries turn dangerously terrible after some time as fast because there's a rule of thumb when it comes to fries and fast food eating or fries and restaurant eating. Fries, couple bit first, bite burger, bite burger, fries, couple first, finish burger, eat the remainder of fries if you want to eat the remainder of fries. At its best, it goes to McDonald's, 1B. And or, this is why I'm kind of insulted. Well, what's your other pattern? I won't attack anyone's pattern of eating. Oh, I'm just so, saying, I mean, you, you get you grab the fast food and you're eating the fries along the way when you're, when you're driving back home. You know? That's also easy, yeah. yeah. But that, that's always great. You know, like the, the, uh, there's the fry tax with your family. If you had fries, mom, dad, uncle, aunt, whoever, you know, you got to go for that. You, you with the boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you got to get the value meal, stuff like that. Mm. You, you hate yourself a little bit for McDonald's. And then you're never – here's the thing of why you should love McDonald's fries. You're never more disappointed when they're not as salty as they should be. Right? You ever got those? Like, motherfuckers. You know, th there's something about it because we, we are – all right, so uh, we're back again, and the computer crashed again. I feel like it's a Discord app that I just downloaded, so I feel like it's that. But Charles, uh, Chick-fil-A, and or the other burger oh, corporations. No. So it, it is McDonald's is the 1A, and then Five Guys. I don't understand why everybody – you want to die afterwards, great, because you pay three ninety nine for a small bag, and they give you like a whole bunch of it in the bag I didn't well. say I didn't like that. I didn't say I didn't uh, like but, it. Yeah, I'm going in quality and texture and consistency, mm. and they're actually kind of good reheated as well. And I also give them to my dogs as treats. So I, I like it because it doesn't taste the same. The other stuff that I'll go through on is 
I like Arby's, but I don't eat Arby's enough, and their fries aren't the driver for me. And sometimes they're too crispy, despite being curly fries. Um, we already know I don't like steak shake. I agree with you 100% on Burger King. So here's the thing about Burger King. I will tend to order the onion rings. And if I'm ordering onion rings instead of your fries, that's saying something. For their onion rings are very good. Very good, very good. Wendy's, I had Wendy's the other day. They're fine, you, but you don't want to eat the whole thing. You want to eat like seven of them, and that's it. Here's the thing about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A ain't special with the fries as you think it is because you're usually dunking it in something, either the Polynesian, yeah. the honey, or the barbecue because that's why they get you on the chicken nuggets and the fries, and specifically why you have it there. It's the same reason of how you get chicken nuggets at Wendy's. You dip your fries into it. McDonald's fries, I don't need any additional dipping I because they really don't offer it. I can eat that solo. Because when you have Chick-fil-A fries, because you want to know why I know I don't like Chick-fil-A fries as much about the ducking? Because what the hell does FIU buy every time during exam season? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and are we ever the ones who got it fresh off the boat? No. But we were poor and we were hungry. And instead of turning tricks on 8th Street, I would get my you know leftover meals for days on end at FIU. You know, And so I was belittled to just crunchy old... Um, fries. And here comes the other hot controversial take. When you take away Chick-fil-A without the dunking sauce and you have to have it a couple hours later, I'm better off buying the frozen bags at Walmart or Publix and just heating them up in either the microwave or the oven. It is adequate and it's fine, but what I love waffle fries. Have you ever had poutine? Most waffle fries are in the poutine. I love waffle fries when it comes into it. Mm. But with Chick-fil-A, your chicken's overrated. Your shakes are good. I'm not going to fight you there. I love a good milkshake. I'll sell out anywhere for milkshake. But your your waffle fries are only really as great as it is because you always have an ass ton. Like an like a, a J-Lo ass ton of Polynesian sauce and everything in every bag. McDonald's like, you know, you don't need no sauce. You got that salt, baby? I'm like, I got that salt sugar. Thank you. And I eat that. Nom, nom, nom. Up in here. Mm. Okay. Oh, Checker's Fries is okay, but here's the problem with Checker Fries. Is it me or after some period of time, they just kind of lose flavoring in the middle? You guys bit. know what I mean by flavoring in the middle, right? You just bite and you're like, okay, fine. I mean, they, they most likely it's how they, 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 whatever seasoning they put on top and they're shaking it on top and it doesn't, doesn't make it to the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because you, you see all the little the specks and stuff of, but, of all the spices but, and seasonings that on, they have on top. Let me throw you a curveball on checker fries, though. So there's regular checker fries, and there's a special loaded checker fries. Mm. Remember when they have it with the bacon ranch and cheddar oh, but that's, for the additional dollar? But, 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 but is it not fries? I, it is, but it's... It, I mean, you're, you're now you're adding something to it much... Like, I'm talking about the fries naked, because... That, that's that's what I mean. Like, well, then you really just... just... Oh, Eric, then how do you subscribe to my Chick-fil-A thing? <laughs> because then you're, if you only like I it, mean, dunking it. Honestly, I'm not dunking the Chick-fil-A fries a lot of the times because I... So you're I, a psychopath, all right? I, I just... I, 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 I calorie count, guys, and sometimes the condiments... You're, you're basically, you're basically pro-Texas right now. Yeah, okay, understandable. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes the condiments don't belong in the fries, and sometimes they go on the sub-sandwich, you know? You, you don't believe in women's <laughs> rights and civil rights and trans rights because you eat a Chick-fil-A without the sauces. I understand. <laughs> Actually, I do it in protest. <laughs> <laughs> 
But that, that's my feelings on the fries. Because we're talking about at its best. Because if it was everything was bad, we wouldn't recommend it anymore. In that but let me, I, I, I want to say this. Yeah. I, I feel a little bit unfair that Francisco changed his perspective to what is the best on average. Well, I, I like you guys, on average, technically, technically but, you but that's, it, but that, but no, but that's my perception of what I think of at its best. Cause I, I just feel like it, it should be a consistency all across the board because that's what the chain restaurant formula because is supposed me, to be let about. Let me say this gentlemen, cause I've had, if look, we're talking about consistency. Okay. Chick-fil-A is not one of my favorites. And what is? Uh, hold on, I have to look at the list again. Crackling old brand. Right. <laughs> Crackling old fries. Here's the thing. <laughs> I'm like, I've only been one Hardee's in my life, Jared. Because here's the thing about Chick-fil-A's fries. Once in a blue moon, once or twice a year that I have it, which is not that often, but every couple of times, their fries will be on point. But every other time, they're lukewarm, undersalted. And that might not act, that good. That might be actually a problem with their freaking whole, um, their, their, what is it? their marketing strategy of having long ass lines for no reason whatsoever uh and i feel i feel like there's a city that was suing them for their long ass drive through lines because there's no reason that their lines should be that long every other place burger place and fast food chain out there and i'm, I, I'm over here checking trashing on chick-fil-a again hey, they're never gonna sponsor us guys so <laughs> they're just not I mean, i'm okay with that yeah, I know I, I am too. Um, but it, it seems like they they, uh, they do it on purpose, much like how people accuse Nintendo of of holding back on amiibos and certain things on purpose to kind of uh, drive up scarcity and and make it look like something's more popular than it is. But Nintendo's actually good. Uh, I feel like the same thing with Chick Fil A and their whole business model. I feel like they they could act more because they show videos of them with like a a machine that carries the bag from one end of the store to the other and all that stuff. I'm like, all that shit, and yet your lines are still fucking long, and you're not efficient whatsoever. So something is wrong. And one of my buddies is actually uh, has been working at Chick-fil-A since he was 16 years old, and he's probably going to fucking hate this. Uh, but, dude, what you got to fix that shit. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, but, so... So now I want to say this. If we're going with Francisco's method, methodology of what is the best fry, I do have a different 1B. Because McDonald's, regardless, is just primo no matter what. Even when it's at its worst, it's like, it's like, it's like pizza and sex. No matter how bad it is, it's still good. Mm, I've had bad pizza. You, you've never had bad Little Caesars, man. <laughs> I've had bad pizza, and I would trade it for bad sex. <laughs> Francisco in the background. Oh, I've never had a threesome. That's the callback right yeah, there. Well, yeah, that was a. So, uh, I, but I would trade good pizza average, for good sex. Though. If we're talking about averaging. <laughs> 
if we're talking about averaging, McDonald's is still number one A, but my number one B would be Five Guys. Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. Because you can, I, I you can, can agree with you there. Yeah. Because listen, you can always. That's the that was my tough choice about going with Chick Fil A. Because when it's good, it's fucking good. But it's never yeah, yeah. like that. It's never that good. But if you're talking about dependability, hmm. like, listen, I love McDonald's sweet tea. It is the bomb. But as you mentioned on a, on an unrelated thing, there are certain locations where, you know, go there for good sweet tea. Don't go there for bad sweet tea. And even sometimes you'll get really bad sweet tea from what you think are good locations. It's unfortunate, but they're the only place in town that's fast food that serves that good of sweet tea. So, if you're looking for dependability, though, five guys, no matter where you go, you could go in the middle of nowhere, or you could be in the middle of a major metropolitan city. If you're looking for dependability, McDonald's and five guys, that's, that's the way to go. This is a sports show, everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, hold on. Let me look at the time. I haven't been. I haven't been keeping track of the time. This has been one of our more hearty discussions, and I'm 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 very happy about it, to be honest. Uh, okay. So, where are we with this? Hold on. I'm trying we'll to just make. The, you guys seem to have a lot of food related discussions without me. I, I want the remainder of this show to be that because uh, I want. More than that, I want to see what you guys think of my alter ego. I want to see who you think I am behind the scenes. I, I do. I, oh, we. I do want to get to that, but I just still do want to talk about the trades and stuff that did go down. Yeah. We can. That's we fine. can pin that at towards the end of the show if you feel like it. We, we have. We have demographics. Our people yeah. who are sports fans. We like talking about sports. Um, and I'm. I'm. I'm running off of uh, a bunch of double stuff Oreos for the rest of the night. Yeah. So, I mean, we could create an offshoot. You know, um, sports scoops like called culinary cucks or something, and then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I do want to. Why do I have this as the cage of Charles's entire time? You see, this is how tired I am, guys. I, I mean, because I brought y'all into the cage of fast food eatery. I told you guys. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's remember true. I got you for three minutes. You know, it's happening. <laughs> All right. Well, and I feel like we're at the halfway point because of the technical difficulties and everything like that. Uh, so we're just gonna say that we're gonna move to the word from non-sponsors, people, places, concepts, what have you that we've been enjoying over the last week. And I'm gonna go first, guys, because I feel like you'll kind of know where I'm going with this already, given the events of the last couple of days for me. So, guys, for the first time in a long time, I traveled for work. It's been a while. It's been more than two years actually and i i do miss it it, it is something that I, I really did enjoy way back during the normal times but uh now you things and things are getting better i guess but at the same time like it, it, things are I'm, I'm not traveling as much and i feel like in the future it's not going to be as necessary with the travel so uh, I guess I enjoyed it for a couple years, and now things are just going to be different from here on out. However, I, I did enjoy my trip, and I, I'm going to... Uh, my non-sponsor is the place that I went to, and it is Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
So Albuquerque, New Mexico, guys, it's the place where Bugs Bunny always seems to get lost when he's traveling from one place to the other. Always makes a wrong turn at Albuquerque. It is also the home of the Isotopes, who got their name from an episode of The Simpsons where they were going to relocate the Springfield Isotopes on over to Albuquerque. And yeah, city's old. I, I visited. Uh, uh, I, I, my flights got delayed and forced me to spend another entire day there, which allowed me to go explore the place. You know, it was founded in 1706, old Spanish colony, lots of... Uh, interesting uh was it uh, i don't know what the correct term for their architecture is but it, it not a lot of tall buildings uh so to speak uh very much uh, high it, it's considered high desert because it's it's a desert region but it's the altitude is super high i think it's like uh, about like five thousand or something odd feet above sea level and i haven't been that high above sea level i don't think in my life at this point so I really did feel the altitude because I, I walked around a bit, but I started to get really tired uh, towards the middle of the day after I, I had walked around and looked, looked at stuff. And it was cold, guys. It was super cold. It was like in the 30s and 40 degrees over there. So I, I was semi-dressed for it, but I wasn't prepared for it to be that cold. And of course, we're from Florida, so... Uh, yeah, that's not really the best conducive weather for me, but I did enjoy the city. I visited the Azatos Park. I saw the uh, uh, New Mexico Lobos football stadium uh, right nearby, and I guess their basketball arena, all of them are right next to each other. Um, and I, I did see some of the downtown, some of the, the, I guess, the old Spanish church that was there. Uh, I, I saw that. I bought some native trinkets for my nephew and my niece as well, so they can enjoy themselves and but the highlights guys of my stay at new mexico was to enjoy some authentic new mexican cuisine <sighs> not mexican cuisine guys there's a difference and those people in new mexico will let you know the difference because there is a difference uh and i'm sure they're similar but there is a difference and they do have some unique stuff that they invented themselves now of course new mexico used to be part of mexico so we can kind of semantics here if you want to say that but i i did enjoy myself uh for for two days with the meals over there uh i'm gonna point out the two places that i went to uh and uh and let char and i i made sure to send you guys photos in the group chat and <laughs> as Charles hisses at me, <laughs> and uh, it was for the first time, I guess, since Charles got his beloved, uh, well, he'll mention that, I'm, I'm assuming, very soon, uh, he probably wanted to go away from her real quick uh, to enjoy some of what I was enjoying. And so one of the places I went to was La Cocina Azul, so new Mexican cuisine here, guys. Uh, Bienvenidos. Yeah, that's the location I went to. Out in downtown Albuquerque. You walk in, you sit down. You don't need to wait for a waiter. You just say, hey, welcome. Just sit wherever the hell you want. All right. Perfect look, for me. Look at that burger. So they do, yeah, they do have uh, American-esque fare there if you, if you want to be super gringo or super Andrew. But, but they have New Mexican cuisine, guys. So I'm, I'm hoping that they do have photos of their menu here uh, because I think I don't know which one of these I went to I think I went to this one uh, I, I want to look at 
yeah, viewer menu. Uh, I hope they have photos of it, but if not, I'm gonna have to find a way to display it. Anyway, so I looked at the menu and I was ordering. They have breakfast and stuff like that. I wasn't able to get the the honey glaze sopadillas, unfortunately. But Good. I deserve something nice. <laughs> but uh, is this the right one? I, I, this may be their their online menu, but uh, chili con queso. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find their flautas, Charles. I had flautas. Oh, I love flautas. Dipped, dipped in. Chocolate? No, dipped in the chili. Oh, dipped in the chili, oh, Charles. There's some dessert places. You you remember that, that photo yeah, that I sent you of the flautas? Was they're that all, that? And they're all you know aligned in a circle and all that stuff. Guess what's inside that that little pot? Some queso, some queso con chile. That's what's in there. And I almost licked that thing clean, Charles, with the you know the bits of uh, of green uh, chili peppers in there and all that stuff. Like the whole. I, oh I my will. God. I will drive to Miami to fucking French tongue you just to get whatever residue is left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This place was. Oh my god, legit! And I, I ordered those as the appetizer, Charles. They didn't come. They didn't oh, come. The, the entree came first, and and in the entree, I, I went. You know, all right, let's go with a burrito. Let's go with something consistent yeah. burrito with some with some beef inside of it. Uh, with, you know, arroz. Got some uh, uh, frijoles next to it. Damn frijoles. Uh, <laughs> damn frijoles next to it. Uh, with, you know, a little, little guacamole there. I, I have both the, the red chili and the green chili right there. So I can have a mix of the flavors. And then and just just go to town on that burrito. Okay, not, not a burrito in the traditional sense where you can grab it and hold it. But, you know, you actually have to use a knife and fork for this. All right. Eat like eat classy. But, of course, I eat like a pig. So uh, the, the, the business folks that were next to me in my, as, I'm, as I was just, just wolfing down that burrito in my Florida Panthers uh, hoodie right there, they, they might not appreciate the way I looked, but my God, guys. So La Cocina, so they got two websites here. Let me see if this one has the actual photos in it because, ah, here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, I am rubbing my nipples right now. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Oh, is that the burrito? Uh, I, I, okay, so uh, let's see the chips and the salsa. I almost went for some tacos, guys. I I I, I was I had. I feel like eat... you should go to a taco so you could try the variety of the meats. I, I know, and I um, Ooh, no, but egg? but the flautas. I got... What? Wait, 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 wait. What's the that fl- egg on top of? The, uh, oh, the flautas were with uh, with, with chicken. So I, I went with two different beefs there, and I went with carne for the uh, for the burrito. Um, okay. So that's you can't go wrong with carne burrito. Yeah, so um, I, I went with that. Uh, they got the shredded beef there. I, I, oh man! Now I gotta go back. Damn it! <laughs> well, the the client that I work for, the the client that I work for, she has to uh, uh, apply for something new in about two years. So maybe in about two years, I'll go back, guys. There's always that possibility. So uh, yeah. Yeah, so hold on. Let me see their plates. Do they have photos of the plates? I got the New Mexico burrito plates. That's what I had um, with the uh, uh, the carne right there. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't there in time for breakfast, guys. I wasn't there in time for breakfast. I, that's the only thing I regret is not having that stuff for breakfast. So that's where I went yesterday. But on day one, 
Um, day one, and I'm trying to find, um, let me see. What, what was that place called, guys? Because uh, I want to show off that one's menu as well, because that, that was the first place that I went to, and I'm like, ooh. It's called hell, because that's what you're making me feel like for living in a podunk town. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the real thing was because of the 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 thing that I had, which was a traditional New Mexican dish called a sopadilla. They invented it. They created it. And I never really had one before. Uh, and I was intrigued. And I got, you I never might... had a sopadilla? Uh, no, not really. Uh, not in El Paso, not in any place like that. <laughs> Do you remember in South Park when he's in Casa Padilla? He's like, ah, somebody! <laughs> so he just runs and munches on them. <laughs> he just face times. Yeah. That's just what I imagine you're going to be like. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I had two. I had one that w- I had the stuffed one that I showed you. And then I had the um, the one that was just, you know, all by itself and whatever. It's just the actual it's just bread. guy. It's fried bread. Who doesn't like fried bread? <laughs> so El Patio de Albuquerque. That's what it was called. That's the place that it was called. Uh, I can't spell Albuquerque, but here we go. And yeah. I, I looked on Yelp. That one just shot right in front of my eyes. I'm like, oh, we are going here, you guys. And so, uh, nice, quaint venue. Uh, I, I liked it. Very uh, wholesome, very very uh, home homey type of feel, as you can see there. It, it looked like somebody's house, which is great. It went with the whole theme of El Patio de, de Albuquerque. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find the. I think no, those. That's that's uh, trying to see that they have the sopadilla picture there, but I don't see. Well, they have sopadillas on the side over there, so I'm just gonna leave this picture up here and let Charles be incredibly, incredibly jealous right now. Um, mm. And oh, that just mm. looks so good. Is that enchiladas? Uh, yeah, yeah. They had. Well, so, fun fact: My mom was like, "I never had enchiladas." I'm like, "What?" Oh. Oh, like what? Okay. And so I had explained to them. I'm like, what? So the greatness of enchiladas. Uh, that's yes. that's unsurprising coming from me. That's very surprising coming from your parents. Yeah. Well, my parents. I feel like know, Andrew, what happens is different. They don't frequent Mexican restaurants. And, and, I get that and honestly, Andrew, I think you can handle red chile. Yeah, yeah. red chile is fine. Man. Yeah, it's not really so, spicy at all. It, it's, it's it's a, super flavorful. Yeah, it's it's a very it's it's mild, very mild indeed. Um, it's not going to be like where you're, you know, you're you're waving your your hand in front of your mouth type of hot. It's not. It, it actually isn't really that hot. The green, the green chili, you're not ready yeah. for. Not I, ready I for. can't even do the green chili anymore <laughs> because it upsets my stomach. Yeah, I, I went light on the green chili when I was mixing and matching, uh, with my food there. But guys, oh my goodness gracious, um, I'm gonna have to end it here. But yeah, sopadillas. I'm gonna find a recipe for that. And I'm gonna make some. I'm gonna make some. So that's that's my next uh, target there. Uh, I got my flour. I got my stuff. I'm gonna find out how I can make it. Uh, promo code Christmas, because that's what they called the when you got red and green chili at the same time. They called it Christmas, and it felt like Rubble Christmas. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I wish I could have brought some back for you guys. Really wish I could. You're just not you don't get this in Florida. You just don't. Who's next? 
I'll let Charles go because I think I know where he's going. Oh. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, I just... as I said last mm -hmm. week in my tribute to Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, life's short, man. You know, li live into the light. Do those things that you'll get into. I don't believe necessarily reincarnation. If I do, I hope I don't come back as a shit fly. What could I say? You know, tell that guy or girl that they matter. Go do some crazy things in life, not bungee jumping. Go buy an OLED television. And so when Scott Hall died, that's when I ordered it. My LG C1 48-inch OLED television, or as I like to call her, Razor Ramona, instead of you know, Razor Ramona is this thing. So I was thinking about like Ramon, but I like my appliances. Like my my car is a female name is Mystique because it's kind of like a blue-green tinge. Prior to that, it was Silver Sable. So there's always a you know a feminine name to it. So I had Razor Ramona kind of came in, and it came in on the day I took off on that Friday. Was it Friday? It was Thursday. I told you guys I was at the beach and everything like that. It came in, and it. Three years, but I'm a patient man. And sometimes when you have to make that commitment, you need time to accumulate. You need time to accumulate, to look at everything, to look at all the factors, to look at all the other things that you have in your life when you're going to make new life changes. And sometimes those new life changes are for the better, they're for your development. Sometimes the new life changes, boys, are the fulfillment of everything that you have set out for on the road into life. Ramona, she came in. I watched one last episode of television on my old TV. I will keep that TV when I move out officially. I have two televisions. What can I have you? And the final episode, of course, was Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I think is very proper because I feel like in 30 years' time, I will be full out Larry David. Um, and I can just see it happening from Curb. Watch Curb if you guys have ever seen it. It's funny. So I'm unboxing her. She's heavy, man. She, she's thick. She's thick, but she's slender. She's good looking. <laughs> 40 inches out. My room couldn't do the 55 inch. You know, maybe that, that's for the other housing. But she goes, I was so gentle. And then I had to include the base stand. I was, I was so, I, I tried so hard to impress her. This is what a parent feels like when they adopt a child. This is how I felt. I want to make sure everything was nice. You know, I try to make sure that even my TV panel, my entertainment center could hold and carry the weight because it's not just the weight of manufacturing, but it's the weight of greatness. And I was like, oh, I'll spend the extra money because I'm going to take care of this. We can do this right, baby. We can do this right. You know, I can carry that weight. You know, I can think about you so long. I'm ready to be the man I got to be. She came in. I set her up, put on a few things. And it has just been experimentation of young. It's not young love and new love. It's love that has been earned. I've been looking through a window, trying to be part of your mirror. And then she came in. And when I put on that first game, which is Dragon Ball Fighters, which is coincidentally what I'm playing now because I want to see how it upscaled, upscaled my four, my PlayStation 4 games. And then I want to see how it will go on my PS5 games. So I was doing Tony Hawk. I was playing, um, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm sorry, Forbidden West. 46 hours into that game. Jesus, I'm not worried. And then I was playing um, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War because this game, this TV can even support up to 120 FPS. Most games on the PlayStation 5 goes to 60 FPS, but can go to 120 FPS. And then a song blew into my mind where I heard, suddenly life has new meaning to me. OLED, highest optical illusion quality is the blackest of blacks and the whitest of whites. Everything is upscale, high definition rendering, going up to 120 variable refresh rate, 120 hertz, fellas. It could support 60 FPS, it could support 120 FPS. My eyes bled last night when I'm playing. Everything looks lush, everything looks beautiful. It's popping out and it has like four HDMI ports. I got my PlayStation 4, my PlayStation 5, my Switch on it. 
I can put in my Fire Stick launcher. They have LG channels. They even have all your streaming stuff on there. The remote's kind of cool. They have a scroll wheel, and they have game optimizer mode for a lot of my heavy gaming. So it puts at a specific rate to lock in the perfect kind of shadowing and high-definition rendering. If I don't like that, I could switch it out to all the other gallery modes, cinema mode, television mode, sports mode, but I'll do it to the game optimizer. And then it even automatically changes it too. So it went from 120 FPS for Black Ops and now back to 60 FPS. And I am just like in astonishment because one, I got this on the cheaper, not the cheap, but the cheaper. I even got the warranty for and I'm glad. I love it. It is good to like, me. Razor Ramona. It, it, and I sent you guys videos. I felt like that didn't yeah, make a difference, but yeah, I know you could see the quality. Like, uh, the, I have it up on the screen here. Uh, even you got it on the cheap for sure, because even on LG's website, they, they have it at like $250 off, and it's still 1049 bucks here. Yeah, so. I, I, I use some things. I calculate, I waited. But this, you know what this brought me back to? This, when the minute I set it up, and the minute I installed it, that's how I knew it made it in life. I remember me and one of my best buddies, Steven, uh, would go to Best Buy and as we're BSing about life and you know, this is before your lawyers, right? As we're just going there, we're 20 something year olds. I'm selling shoes, I'm selling supplements, I'm selling books in my olden days. We're just going around, we're looking at the old curved televisions. We were looking at OLED when the first time OLED ever came to eyes. We're seeing things 1080p first time. I'm like, man, and you're seeing those televisions like $3,000, $2,000. And ain't no way when you're a youngin and you're broke, you can be able to pour it. Ain't no way sometimes when you're broken, you're old and that you can get it. But I was able to do it. And this was the, some people want to be a lawyer so they could be a judge, Supreme Court justice. Some people want to be a lawyer because they want to be a politician. Some people want to be a lawyer for whatever reason, have their own law firm, be a billboard guy. I guess those three years of hell and studying for the bar exam and telling me to wait almost eight years, nine years of my life was just to uh, move on up to that east side and get that piece of the pie because I guess my whole entire purpose was to get Ramona, and now I could just die happy. So Razor Ramona, LG C1 OLED televisions. And here's the thing. If you've never seen OLED before, don't go. Don't try. You, you won't want to go back to anything else. You wouldn't want to buy anything else, and that's perfectly fine. You keep your standard 4K televisions. They're good. I have one in the entertainment room. They're fine. But once you go into that investment OLED, you can't downgrade it, man. You can't downgrade it. You just got to keep going with it. So I love it. This will be for, for a very long time. And you don't need to go 8K TVs to know what people are going to say next. Nothing's going to be matching that technology in about three, four years. Maybe six years, sure, I think. But I haven't even watched the big high-end movies yet. But I love her. She's good. I haven't left the bedroom since. Razor Ramona, my LG C1 OLED television. You're my non-sponsor. Promo code. We made it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, I'm so happy for you because, oh, and, and guys, we've heard this on the show and this, and even stuff uh, on the group chat. Andrew, like, we had to actively convince Charles to actually to buy the damn TV. <laughs> it's been, it's been, you've been, you've been hunting this TV for years. Well, different specifications. This is the newest of the new until the new ones come out in April. But yes. Of course, but you, you're going to get that with all technology. You know, you, you just kind of have to jump in at some point. You know, I'm, a, like, I'm a patient man. Yeah. Well, I'm a patient man. Yeah. I got to do it right. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. But you just don't say that you're a love on date one. You have mm-hmm. to build it up, guys. And yeah, I love the, uh, the whole the game optimization features. Um, it is kind of cool. Yeah, like my TV has it, but not on the level of your TV. 
that's for sure. Your TV is a lot more advanced than mine already. As, I mean, yours, just, is, yours is OLED. Mine is not. So yeah, the reason why it matters for any kind of game optimization is if you're trying to get frame rate and performance, you're not getting choppiness. You know, so mm-hmm. everything gets smoothed out. So there's some, and I listen. When I played 120 FPS last night on Black Ops, I'm not just going to want to say I killed a lot of people because it was better. Oh no, there is there is a legitimate, uh, and I, I've watched videos about this on YouTube where that frame that just it's double the frame rate difference. You go from 60 to 120, and you see just a bit more than the other person, and that yeah, it, it matters. Crazy. It really matters. Um, obviously, stuff on the Switch is not going to be optimized for that because. No, but any... they can even high, high it can even upscale. I haven't even played my Switch on yet, but I'm yeah. looking forward to mm-hmm. it with Kirby, man. Kirby, but yeah. HR can even upgrade it. So I'm just gonna be like, because it's gonna be 1080p, but Kirby. it's gonna be 1080p at its sexiest, yeah, man. We got we got Nintendo Switch Sports, then we got Splatoon 3. Right? Oh my god. And we'll see. All that in coloring? Yeah. Oh my god, you're gonna be oh there's just gonna be some ink in your room. Call me yeah, call <laughs> me John Holmes because I'm just plastering. Mm. All right. All right, Andrew, you're up. All right, uh, this is, it's kind of an odd one, I suppose, but, you know, I saw it the other day on Netflix, and it, it kind of warms the cockles of your heart. Uh, this movie is called... Ramona warms my cockles. It was too easy, I had to say it. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) This movie is called Rescued by Ruby. It's on Netflix, based on a true story. It is about a rescue dog named Ruby. Aww. Um, who becomes a rescue dog uh, with the Rhode Island State Police. There's a man, uh, Daniel O'Neill. He wanted to become a uh, search and rescue a canine officer. Uh, but he couldn't, according to the story, the movie story at least, he couldn't afford one of the $10,000 trained German shepherds that come from wherever. Um, so he team, or you know what, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it because I, I do want you all to watch I've it. got it's a trailer not, in the background, um, but it's, you, it's, it's not. I don't watch movies, I cry. We don't do that here. I don't need to cry on OLED. I'm already crying as it is. You know, just looking at Ramona right Aww. now. I'm just looking it, at the dog. It's not going to win any Oscars. I I know that. Um, but if you're looking for something to kind of, you know, to, it's a feel-good story. And, is that the uh, flash in it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Grant Gustin, a.k.a. The Flash from TV, not the movies, the TV. Um, apparently, it's called the Arrowverse. Yeah, because okay. they started on CW. So he's yeah. part of the Arrowverse, not the not the DC Extended Universe movies. But he stars in the role as Daniel O'Neill. Um, so anyway, it it's a... Again, it's a true story. They took some creative liberties with it, but not as many as you'd think. Um, so it's a good movie because, it, like I said, it's it's a feel-good, heartwarming story. 
you know, it actually is a good movie. Like I said, it's not going to win any Oscars, but it's not like a some Hallmark Channel shit. It's actually got some good production value. Um, but if you need a little pick me up, if you you know feeling down about yourself, you know it's it's a good movie to watch. There's no real sadness in it. There's no animal deaths in it. Um, yeah, and. I was looking at it, the, where was it? Uh, I think it was something like 86% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes from audience score, which is fucking impossible to get. Um, seems like everyone will hate a movie in some way. People love dogs. People love, People dogs. love dogs. Yeah, That's how they made those two crappy Dennis Quaid movies. But... Yeah, I I highly recommend it. You know, you know, I I feel a bit of a connection to the movie. I kind of I uh, I identify with the main character uh, for one reason or another. Although, really, anyone can can identify with him in one way or another. But it's a really good movie. You know, if if you have nothing to watch. That's how I found it. Is I was like, eh, I've got nothing to watch. Uh, it was, but it, I would take out like an hour and a half of your time to watch it. It's it's a really good movie. It'll make you feel good. Uh, promo code Ruby. Okay. All right, guys. So, whew, um, and I guess we'll we'll briefly touch on this stuff uh, because Andrew wants to talk about food. Uh, and some other stuff if we can get and we just kind of shoo the horn this in it's nine o'clock and we've gone on a bit long because of technical difficulties on my end but i, I do want to talk about the actual because this is a sports show uh, as much as uh as much as it for as 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 we get deeper and deeper into the lifespan of this show it's it's getting further away from the sports part of the show See, but um, it's typical of a television show yeah. because the longer a show goes on, when you get to seasons five, six, seven, what allows you to go back to your roots episode or your mm. root season. It's basically um, season five of Community going back to your roots. It's season uh, seven of Dexter going back to your or, roots. It's or or uh, always sunny when they make fun of shows doing that when the the gang recycles their trash. Remember that episode? Yes. So well, <laughs> boys are back in town. Consistently kept back into. <laughs> Their uh, their style. Fifteen seasons in, nothing's really changed. Even though I say season fourteen or thirteen was different because they had to play different when it related mm. to Max Reveal. Yeah. Uh, but th- what's gonna happen is by we get to like episode two hundred because we're at what one thirty six now. By episode two hundred, then we're like, all right, boys, let's mm. go check back what's happening in sports as we talk about conspiracy conspiracy theories are yeah. done. So uh, show is becoming leaning more on the goof side than the sports side of of, of the name. So uh, all right, so. Baseball, let's go through this. Uh, oh. Carlos Correa signs with the Minnesota Twins of all teams. Punk ass. <laughs> I didn't want him. I'm, I'm, I'll take it for a second. Yeah. Everybody was saying the Yankees should sign him. I didn't want him to begin with. I didn't want that heat from the trash can situation. I didn't like the arrogance. And no one really wanted to pay him the big money because even though he got paid, anything that's a three-year deal with an opt-out after two means you really didn't get the accomplished money because baseball money is what, boys? Guaranteed fully. So there's not that 10-year... 300 million dollar contract for this guy 
the numbers are going to be fine. It's the same thing at Jose Altuve, but you obviously did not sell yourself well enough as you entered free agency. And Minnesota is that stand. So we add this player and we won't even come close to sniffing the wild card because they're on the rebuild reload. And I'm perfectly fine with it because they were kind, they were the definitive um, COVID era team where they were able to be good at the um, AL central. Mm. And then last year they were ass. And even though Cleveland's kind of selling out as the guardians, that that's new terminology that I got to figure out. Right. Yeah. It's no longer the Indians, but as the Guardians, and then um, the White Sox are still going to be there premierly, and who who else is in the second? I still feel like I, I, I still feel like that division is is winnable for any of those teams except for Cleveland. Cleveland's Cleveland's yeah. hit, Cleveland's hit the reset button, uh, but, well, but Chicago many... Chicago should be the favorite. Kansas City mm-hmm. has improved, oh, that's right. and they, got they Zach yeah they okay. signed Zach Greinke. That was the other signing that I was going to mention. Uh, so he's back in Kansas City. You've got Minnesota, who has money and, and has their ballpark and all that stuff, and they're, I guess they're they're gonna try and reach back to that 2020 window and see if they can reopen it with Correa signed there. And the Detroit they Tigers also trade away dudes last year. That's why it doesn't make sense. The That's Detroit Tigers, if their rebuild is on track, they should be 10 games better than they were last season. Last season they were pretty good. Uh, they were an all right baseball team, so they they might be reaching that 80 win mark if. One or two things go their way. Maybe they can pop in on as part of those new bottom wildcard teams. Uh, so remember, I, I, I've predicted probably in, one team, probably in either of these leagues, might be under 500 to get that final wildcard spot. And then we'll have people complaining about all of that. But yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't see it as a bad move for the Twins because I feel like they, they feel like they can win that division. But the whole thing is... Yeah, you won the division, but then you're just going to lose in the first round to blank, you know? Blank mm-hmm. West team, blank, blank East team. Blank wildcard team. Yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, or blank wildcard team because the Central team might be the weakest of those uh, division teams. Um, okay, so uh, Korea's gone. Uh, Jorge Soler, uh, Doug's boy, uh, he, he, he signs with the Marlins. Uh, so the Marlins were able to pry somebody away. I don't, the Marlins don't know have, enough about him. He, uh, I, I mean, he, he has two World Series, and that's it. He, well, yeah, he won a World Series. He was a World Series MVP uh, with mm-hmm. the Braves. And, yeah, but that's uh, the most forgettable baseball like team to win a World three Series. Three seasons so prior, he hit 48 home runs in a season while he was with the Royals. So he's he's got pop, but of course he's going to be playing at Lone Depot Park, which is a pitcher's ballpark, and it's cavernous. So I don't know what those power numbers are going to be. Uh, with the Marlins, and that's kind of my my whole issue with attracting hitters down here. Uh, but uh, but he's here, and the Marlins got somebody. The Marlins have extended some of their uh, more notable players, so they're kind of they're they're on the bottom rung of payroll. But there's a uh, there's at least a, a a gap between them at number five and the next teams that are down there, like Cleveland and Oakland and whoever. So. I guess the Marlins are trying, <laughs> uh, but the the entire thing is they're still rebuilding, and they need to improve by at least ten wins this year, or ugh, and we, we got to prove that false profit wrong. Uh, all right, a uh, Trevor Story signs with the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And he's gonna play a position he's never played before in second base. Yeah, and so. Andrew, you played Little League. Francisco, you played Little League. 
there's a steep learning curve for all position changes. But I think with second base and shortstop, the biggest issue is kind of knowing when to not be on the bag for the field, trying to get the ball going from whatever. And if you have a guy who's been in the league for such a long time, it does not necessarily transition well. What this reminds me of, or what it could be on a defensive standpoint, is Alex Rodriguez sides with the Yankees and goes from being shortstop to third baseman. And there was a big adjustment period. And Trevor Story is a very good player. Trevor Story was not Alex Rodriguez to get all that kind of leeway. And I just hate the fact that he went to Boston, not because I necessarily want him or need him. Yankee, look, we, we know that we're going to suck for the next couple of years. That's where I think all the signings are. And I'm okay with it because there's no way in hell I was saying, yeah, this is our season kind of thing. But did I watch Trevor Story? Yeah. Did him going to Boston make you be like, what the fuck? Yeah, because he's not going to be the shortstop. He's going to be the second baseman. And here's the thing about Boston. They are now loyal to big-time players. They jump dudes out. Mookie Betts, Adrian Gonzalez, a whole bunch of pitchers that they have. Yep. They'll keep to you on a longer contract for pitching, but not for they, your hitters. They're, they're, so they're don't willing, get too comfortable now. Yeah, they're willing to eat contract money in order to get rid of the guys. Yeah, and they have in the past. So literally, if something's not fit, because I think Xander Bogutz is their shortstop, right? Or... Let me just verify. I should know because of my hatred for them so much. But there, um, I'm just disappointed. And some fans on Twitter were hating the Yankees for not, you know, going and um, signing the big money dudes. But I get it because did you really want Correa? Because if you look at the salary that he was probably demanding, even if you got um, that contract out with him, he's going to probably opt out to go for a bigger time because you know. You have to assume yeah. not of what you could offer, but assume if you gave him the same deal. So we're obviously focusing a lot on Anthony Volpe, the um, draft prospect that we have, to get in there. But what does that tell you is that they're saying, hey, wait a couple of years? Because it is Xander Bogans as their shortstop. They're saying, hey, wait a couple of years because maybe the, comp- the current market that we have is competitive enough to get there. We didn't get any pitching, which scares me. That's all I've been asking for three years, Brian Cashman. But, of course, Trevor Story went to Boston. Of course, Boston overspent. Of course, you know they want to match up with what, the Dodgers are doing when they got Freddie Freeman. And then assuming they're going to get Trevor Bauer too, that's what scares me the most about the Dodgers is that Trevor Bauer's not gone, guys. Nope. He's coming back this season. Nope. And, you know, him and De- – he's got special courtside seats or, you know uh, – not courtside seats. He's got – I'm thinking basketball. He's got – because we're going to talk about that. He's got special seats as in for Deshaun Watson, part of the group, baby, part of the group, where you can get your paid and you're not going to get suspended. So, F that, man. <laughs> All right, so then we had uh, uh, well, your uh, the Yankees traded Luke Voigt. He's gone. Yeah, off to San Diego. We 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 re-signed Anthony Rizzo for two years. I'm fine with it because I saw him in person. That man is massive. Yeah. But mm-hmm. w- listen, we're playing for three years. We're hoping that the Toronto Blue Jays don't play out. We're hoping that Boston trades out everybody. We hope that the Rays minimize themselves, and in two years we can do this. So uh, th- those are some of the I guess the the shoes that Chris Bryant. Dropped. Uh, and yeah, Chris Bryant went to Colorado for some reason. Uh, I don't know what the Rockies are doing. Uh, no, no, I, I feel like, and honestly, and, and I've watched videos about how the Rockies are are treating their their franchise, where they they give us like they're making money, of course, but they give off a semblance that they're trying to be competitive without actually being competitive, and maybe they'll get lucky and they. Because the Rockies always seem like that team that somehow goes on a run. They have like a good month, 
and that's enough for them to at least grab a wild card spot. They always seem to be the, that sort of team every three, four, or five years. So, and that might actually happen this year with the extra playoff spots. So maybe that's what they're hoping for. It, it, it gets them, gets fans engaged in Colorado, and they've got a good fan base over there uh, that watches their games. And I feel like they, they never really hit the complete reset button on a rebuild. They do just enough to work, makes it like, oh, okay, we got a guy. All right, cool. We'll buy season tickets. That that seems to be their their end game. And it, it, Nolan Arenado saw right through it, which is why he demanded a trade out to St. Louis. Uh, but Chris Bryant, obviously, Chris Bryant doesn't really have much more to prove in baseball. To be honest, he already won his World Series with the Cubs, and and he's his out. offensive numbers are going to go through the roof. Yeah, that and and likely he's just doing it to cash in now, and maybe by the end of it, gets traded to a team. Maybe he has another chance at another championship in the long run or just hey if his offensive numbers are high kind of try to finagle that to an extra uh contract or two so but it's it's purely a money grab i don't i don't think he's going to colorado to win because he was in san francisco when the cubs traded him out i mean if he wanted to win he would have stayed there so uh all right so that's that's the baseball stuff oh yeah apple tv is gonna get friday night baseball now so that's a thing uh, that's gonna yeah. happen yeah so I don't know if that'll entice anybody to get Apple TV Plus, but it's not getting me uh, right now. There's too much sports as it is. Like I, I got to, to, Ramona's a gamer girl, man. I can't, I can't. <laughs> All right, NHL trade deadline went down. The Panthers finally yeah. got Claude Giroux out from Ooh. Philly. Uh, ben Chirot. They also got they got two defensemen because Aaron Ekblad got injured again, uh, and he's out for the rest of the season. And the Panthers what, are going to do playoffs a, included. Uh, no, because the Panthers are going to do a Tampa Bay Lightning loophole uh, by having him on a long-term IR, which doesn't affect their salary cap, and Ekblad will return by the beginning of the playoffs. So, so like they, do they, cards, grab, right? they grabbed an extra defenseman, because they were going to grab a defenseman anyways, but they grabbed an extra one because of his injury, and so uh, it won't affect their cap, and Ekblad should return. And we got Claude Giroux out of Philly, which means we have to win the cup now because uh, it's the only reason he's here. He wants to win a, World, a Stanley Cup. So, uh, you know, let's let's hope we do it. Uh, may give him a Ray Bork type of thing. And even though he's not going to be retiring after this, but uh, he's, he's a free agent after this. And who knows? Maybe he likes it in Florida and stays afterwards. Uh, so that went down. Uh, who else? Let's see. Uh, a weird thing happened between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. That was amazing. So Vegas traded out Evgeny Dadanoff. Uh, he was supposed he was being traded to Anaheim. I forgot for for who. I think some picks and stuff like that. Um, no, nobody of note. They were just trying to free up. It some was picks. a cap, at the end of the yeah, day. It was it, a cap though. Yeah, it was a cap move. So to try and get uh, and try and probably work out some other deals. Uh, so Evgeny Dadanov was being shipped out to Anaheim. However, he has a limited no-trade clause, meaning he has a set list of 10 teams that he gives to the Vegas Golden Knights and says, if you're going to send me anywhere, it has to be one of these 10 teams. I'm not going anywhere else. And from what it looks like, Anaheim was not on that list. So, no, I think it was the other way around. It was a list of 10 teams that he didn't want to go to. Okay, but either way, Anaheim was not where he wanted to go. He didn't want not he did not want to go to Disneyland. So, uh Dadanoff was 
just no Anaheim. So the NHL had to look it over because the Knights wanted to get this trade done. They're like, well, it's already happened and Anaheim already accepted. And and I'm sure Dadanoff and his reps and I'm sure the Players Association, because they, you got to honor those contracts, uh, were probably like, uh, NHL review this and void it. And they ultimately did. So Evgeny Dadanoff is still in Vegas now <laughs> with a team that didn't want him anymore. So that's going to be fun. And I think he he has played a game already with them again. So uh, we'll see how that goes. The Knights are still in a playoff position. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But that's, that's kind of a, a fun thing that happened uh, with him. Uh, other other things that went down. Pittsburgh got Raquel, uh, another person. Anaheim's just unloading guys. They're they're very much in a rebuild uh, at the moment, so they're not ready to compete. So they're they're moving guys out. Um, uh, the Minnesota Wild got Mark Andre Fleury out from Chicago. So Cam Talbot was their starting goaltender, but he's been pretty inconsistent. Even the Wild have a pretty solid hockey team this year but they're just in a division with Colorado so they're not they're just not going to catch up to them however with Marc-Andre Fleury who's good and mind you he played for Chicago Chicago's a bad team they're the he, his numbers I don't think he could put too much on him with regards to his goals against and his save percentage because just Chicago's not a good team uh, and he did win the Vesna Trophy last year. So, uh, yeah, Minnesota's got a goaltender, a, a proven one, by the way, who uh, has a couple of uh, Stanley Cups under his belt to kind of see if they can make some noise in the playoffs, even though it's going to be really hard for them. Uh, then we have the uh, Boston Bruins got Lindholm out from Anaheim, another person from Anaheim. The Toronto Maple Leafs got uh, Giordano, the... The defenseman, the captain from the Seattle Kraken out. So the Kraken are without a captain in their first season already. But they're they're just they're they're just not a good team. <laughs> they they really are an expansion team. There's there's no miracle like with Vegas going out in Seattle. So those are some of the notable trades that went down in uh, the NHL. But I guess some of the things is the Panthers are all in. They've traded away a ton of draft picks for the future already. Like we're not, we're, we're, we're it's kind of scary for a lot of Panthers fans because they've never been in this position before. But um, much like the the meme, fuck them kids, right? Mm-hmm. Fuck those kids that were that we could have drafted in the future because it's now. It is absolutely right now. They have to win the cup now or next year. It has to happen. Like this, this is it. Well, it's really now if you just trade it for Giroux. Uh, well, yeah. Well, this is it. This is the window is open. Like here it is. They, they just they have to get through. So, uh, I mean, you're you're following the you're following the Tampa Bay method. We are screwed for draft picks for the next few yeah, seasons and up against the cap as well all the time. But. So. In the in the sage <laughs> advice or sage thoughts of uh, our GM JBB, mm. there's no guarantees with draft picks, and yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Which is why and, I don't put too much sucks in them myself. Yeah. And the once you get out of the top few picks, there's not that huge of a difference between like an, a late rounder. Yeah, or a second or rounder. Yeah. Right. It's so go all in, pushing all your chips. Mm-hmm. So there's, uh, yeah, that's that's what's going down with the Panthers. And another thing is the the Pittsburgh Penguins are reloading again, and they're they're very much a dark horse because they have a good team. Uh, they they can um, they can make they have Stanley Cup champions on that team, and I, I wouldn't really want to face them. <laughs> those, are, those are some scary teams out there. Um, and the Panthers, uh, I'm just hoping that they win the division. And, and but even then, like the playoff rounds right now, they they if the playoffs started now, they'd be facing the Washington Capitals, which is not an easy team. None of these teams are easy. The East is going to be a gauntlet for any team. Uh, uh, there's there's already chippiness with teams against the Lightning right now. You saw what happened with the 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 Carolina Hurricanes and them after the game. They got really chippy, shoving each other and stuff like that. Like it's, I, I told you, Andrew. If the Lightning are gonna win a third one, they're gonna dr- die trying, if, mm-hmm. if anything, because we know that we know that uh, the East teams. Are, this is probably the most loaded up that I've seen the East in a long time. Uh, Carolina is super good. Florida super good. Pittsburgh is super good again. The Capitals are still around. Uh, Boston is still around, and Toronto. Toronto, this is like the year they really got to prove they can do something. <laughs> and if the way things are going, they, they'd be facing the Lightning in the first round. And if there's one way to prove that you're going to do something, it's by beating them. Um, and then you got the t- whoever comes out west, and most everybody's pointing at Colorado. This is it for Colorado, too. Like, <laughs> they got to do it, too. They've been building up for this for years. And I've been picking them to win the Cup uh, prior to this, like every other year. And this is the best that they've had in a long, long time, probably since Sackick himself was playing. So this is not going to be an easy... I think the West is 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 a lot more... Um, uh, I guess a lot more settled on the teams that I feel like are the favorites. But the East, uh, we know what the eight teams are. We just don't know what order things are going to go in. And that's kind of the... The, the beauty and, of course, the horror of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, okay. Let's let's move on. NFL, because trades are going down there, too. Tyreek Hill is in Miami now. I am not happy of this. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of strong opinions about what's going down. Uh, on I mean, I'll way. be honest. He shouldn't even be in the league. Mm-hmm. But that that's not not happening. Time is a relative construct, and apparently, a lot of players, a lot of owners, and a lot of fantasy football fans and Miami Dolphins fans don't care about what happened in the past. Oh yeah, Miami Dolphins fans don't really don't care at all. But, but uh, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say what two things. Two, uh, I'm gonna say one name, and you're gonna see what I mean by what this contract and this trade reminds me of. Mike Williams. That's hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah. Hmm. Missing speedster is supposed to fit the piece, supposed to be the big change of the offense, whole bunch of nothing. 
And part of it is because you're quarterback. Tua throws corkscrews to the, to the ground, man. I, I'm loving the memes that came out of it because uh, they were talking about Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and then they were just showing clips of like uh, either Tua underthrowing or mm-hmm. like clips of Tim Tebow underthrowing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is how, how bad is Tua in your eyes? I think he might be a serviceable quarterback, but would you not rather just put Teddy in there? I don't know. But if that's it's the tough. and that's that's kind of the thing that people are saying, well, with those two guys, Tua doesn't have to throw 70 yards on every pay or whatever. But then you're just you're putting the entire burden of these uh was it these uh these checkdowns and 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 10 yard passes yeah. for these and guys turn to 10 yards into 60 yards, you know? And not just that, but all this means how nothing sustainable you have a running back. Yeah, and the Dolphins, look, the Dolphins have tried. I, 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 if there's one thing I can't fault that team as, as much as I, I hate on them, is that they do try. They have tried for you. They have and tried. And getting Teron Armstead and getting you know, yeah. Tyreek, even though I don't like what they traded for. I mean, NFL people who grade these things love it. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah, this is a great trade for Miami. I don't know what Kansas City was thinking. I'm like, I think Kansas City is smart. Draft picks. They're like, well, it's draft picks, but it's more or less like we believe that Patrick Mahomes is a 10-year more. guy. Yeah. We believe that Tyreek Hill is a three-year guy. So yeah. we're yeah, going to burn out. Yeah, they're looking for the, yeah. All the quarterbacks who get traded, Patrick Mahomes is the Aaron Rodgers that won't get traded. That he'll mm. still get the big money, assuming he plays throughout this contract. He ain't going to be the Russell Wilson or all these the Deshaun Watson that they get traded, yeah. you know, for whatever reasons. That's Brett Veach's thought process. Hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, this is uh, the year the Dolphins finally see what Tua is actually made of. So yeah. that's see a lot if, of pressure on him you know, with oh, a yeah. rookie head coach too. That's I mean, true. we like McDaniel as a weird personality, uh, not eccentric but real. Well, he's got it. Yeah, now he's got some actual weapons to say, all right, Mister Offensive Genius. Try and work this yeah. shit out. Um, but the, the bigger issue with it is that you guys are going to have to trade everybody on that defense. Xavier Howard, uh, Byron Jones, all that, because they're the ones who are overpriced besides new guys that you got overpriced, and you can't sustain that in the cap. Well, that's kind of – the Dolphins are kind of doing this all-in type of thing. You know, fuck them kids as well. <laughs> yeah. And, and, do, and, and what's more, all in. I, I – and I've told you, and I've always made this point – I've been telling Stephen Ross, you're going to die without winning a Super Bowl championship, and you're just going to have to accept it. Yep. This is this is desperation on the part or, of... Or you're going to get kicked out as an owner, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, try and win one before they actually find you guilty of whatever Brian Flores, <laughs> think, Brian Flores has, has accused you of. He's like, you can't call me racist. I, I got Tyree Kill. It's okay. He's from Miami. Oh, it's boy. perfectly fine, guys. So that went down. Uh, and then uh, Deshaun Watson. Mm, who, buddy? Cleveland. Well, aside from the fact that Deshaun Watson can go fuck himself. Mm. Um, and I'm very disappointed in the. What about innocent until proven guilty, Andrew? There's still a civil case out there. There's still a civil case. I'm not a prosecutor, and I'm not in a legal setting right now. And we're not in the grand jury. <laughs> So. And nor is the NFL, so they can make whatever arbitrary decisions they want. But still, he can go fuck himself. Yep. Two hundred fifty um, million dollars guaranteed, boys. Even yeah. if he gets suspended. Yeah. That's that. Oh. That's very Cleveland. Go ahead, Andrew. Go, go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> it's very Cleveland Browns of them. Man, the Browns. If there's one thing that man, the, the Browns and the Jets make. 
Dolphins fans feel better about themselves, that's for sure. Oh, boy. Do you guys want to keep talking about this, or we want to move on? Oh, I, I thought Andrew had more on Deshaun Watson. The only thing I have to say about the Deshaun Watson thing is that it's amazing how only female reporters have um, commented on how it's a shame. I think Judy Batista and NFL Network really talked about it, and then you really get the male quietness from any of the um, – I'll call them dirt sheets. That's a wrestling terminology, but any of the male news reporters who won't even say it's kind of a damn shame or concerning that they would even go as far. I don't think there was the obligation to speak to the the alleged victims. If you're the business trying to sign somebody, you don't typically get that any kind of business thing. Mm. But I think it's concerning that I felt the desperation coming because the governor of Cleveland was spurned. He didn't want to go to Cleveland. And then he probably asked his agents that what's the holdup. He's like, we want guarantee money in case we're going to get suspended because we're presuming to get suspended. And they were like, fine, we'll be the only team that gives it to you. But um, hmm. I can tell you now, a lot of the um, female reporters who cover the NFL or sports in general are very um, disappointed. I think it's kind of disturbing that from what I have read, I'm sure it's out there, but I don't read every single article there, but I have not seen male reporters, male analysts would be like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I think the three guys right here on this show are kind of like, you know, fuck this guy. But it, you're supposed to have everybody's back in the community, right? And I understand that we want to talk about innocent until proven guilty on the criminal aspect. Mind you, they just declined a second grand jury on there, and that's fine. But on the civil proponent of it, it goes back to what if he signs an NDAs, right, and does the settlements. I still think that kind of gives some credence. And the fact that he can kind of walk away with the guaranteed money is what's concerning and it's really is it more disappointing the fact that Deshaun Watson got it or is it more disappointing of how even if he gets suspended Cleveland literally appealed to everything out of desperation for a fictional title that really at the end of the day doesn't mean anything longevity of it versus the possibility that there was not whether or not there was an actual sexual abuse happened but you were so reckless with wanting to win and the thirst for victory that led you to possibly sign these kind of people right for every Henry Rugg situation when uh, Oakland's like, or not Oakland, but like, we got to release this guy. There yeah. has been plenty of players that are going to have some very heinous, controversial charges. And when I say charges, not just criminal, but even civil, you know, suits against them. And then we're just like, but if they're an excellent player, they get the exception. They're the exception. Because I can tell you now, if this was anybody else that wasn't Deshaun Watson, that didn't have four seasons to prove it. If it was somebody who was a second year player, they ain't in the league anymore. There's so much at issue here. And that that's, it's and you know what the funny problem is it's disappointing because it's cleveland because it had to be cleveland right it had to be cleveland yeah place known for mundanity yeah yeah oh boy so that's cleveland uh nba so i i what did watch a game yesterday i watched brooklyn versus Mm. uh memphis so Mm. and the grizz won even without Mm. jaw playing the game so they beat Kyrie and kd uh, New York City has lifted their uh, vaccination mandate for the professional athletes, so Kyrie will actually be playing in Brooklyn this season. Uh, however, I hate this for a couple. Or I'll let you finish, but uh, uh, yeah, and there's of course there's the possibility that if things go the way they're going, it could line up where he may not play certain games um in the playoffs because they might be lining up against toronto and canada still has um mandates for that so anyways that's all i wanted to say about that well i the reason i mean aside from the fact that Kyrie is a fucking idiot and 
he does, does not deserve to be as popular as he is, but I digress. The other thing for me is this is setting a very, very bad precedent for not just pro sports players, but really anybody. Because it's basically telling all of the, it's like telling a petulant little child, you know, he's tantruming, he's tantruming, he's tantruming, wah, 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 wah. And eventually the parent caves in and gives them the cookie. The only thing it's doing in the short term is alleviating the problem of you, you meaning the parent. But in the long term, it's just going to teach the kid, if I throw a tantrum and scream and whatever, I'll get my cookie. So here, it's telling Kyrie, I can do whatever I want, and in time, I'll get what I want. Uh, I can't agree with you on that. Because even though we think he's an idiot, it's not like he made this big proponent change saying how effed up these vaccination things. His stance was obviously misguided and misreported, but this was just the decision in New York for the private sector portion. It, it's not like he threatened to play, not play at all and put undue burden and say, hey, I won't play at all in the season, even from a lot of good places, because I don't like what's going on in New York. Right. You know, I, I get where you're kind of come from, but I, I can't say he's the petulant child syndrome um, for it. if anything, it's. For New York, they're just kind of like, ah, we care more about money. And really, it's on the mayor over there and everything else they're going on because it's going to be impacting not just him, but also the baseball players that come in from the Yankees and the Mets and outside, right? And then also football and all those other things. So it's more like y'all chose money over health of people. But Kyrie, even though he was kind of like that focal point, he was really the only player to um, not go to vaccination. He was criticized of it, but he wasn't like he was pulling a of James Harden saying, oh, I'm out of shape. I'm not in shape. I can't come in. Who really forced him to say, forced him to say, forced his way out now just one team, but two teams. Or Ben Simmons, who I'm going to be mean, maybe, maybe shielded a mental health disorder or a base of mental health to not play for Philly, but then he's all showing Brooklyn, even though he hasn't even played with herniated discs. So unless I missed something where Kyrie was like, oh, this vaccine is super dumb and I'm going to sit out the entire NBA season and probably just everybody until they change my ways. I, I think the narrative is a little different from where you're coming from and approaching it. Fair enough. Hmm. All right. Uh, and then uh, then there was a bit, of, a bit of a tiff, let's just say, between uh, Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam last night. Just a bit. Or you, you mean, let's call it what it is. Papa Spo show you why he is the best at working with any player that has an ego. <laughs> if Kyrie Irving was playing for the Miami Heat, he'd be okay, Andrew. He'd be vaccinated because it's Eric Spolstra, his real name is Ego Spolstra because he can control that ish. Mm. As he's going to Jimmy and saying, you want to fight me for it? <laughs> I love that. I love it more than Udonis just straight up saying, I'm not trying to be and have a second, like, I'll beat your ass to Jimmy. Um... <laughs> But we, on the show, we'll say it now. If they end up winning because of this tip, it's because of this what happened right here. If they mm. went out to the, uh, the finals, it's because of what happened yesterday. For whatever reason, we're marking it, and that's what Charles Stradamus is saying. I loved it, Francisco. I don't know what Jimmy was angry about. I think the idea, if I had to spin the narrative of being a Heat fan, is what did I tell you? My concern with them is they can actually they can't play against real like offensively showy teams, and the West's one through four are offensively showy teams. The East ain't nothing. I'm not really. I'm more concerned about 
Philly to a degree. It's probably going to be Milwaukee. We talked about this the other day, but mm. we're slowly creeping away from one, but we're not built that way. You know, we're about defense and then sharing the ball and not doing turnovers. Yeah. It's what it is. Ain't, ain't nobody in offense is trying team. to grind teams out essentially yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's the wear and tear, but I loved it just for Spo because the way Spo said it, there was no fear in his eyes. Yeah. He was, he was kind of like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like you see his arms crossed and you see this, his hand motions like are you fucking you, are you gonna fucking fight me because <laughs> I think Eric Spolstra is like the most physically like least intimidating coach on all the roster like Greg Popovich I think will smack me in the face yeah. I think we can say that right Steve Nash I know will throw hands yeah. he's still got the player's mentality and then um, you know you Monty Williams throw hands right the coach of the yeah, uh, former, Phoenix yeah, got former you. player got too you. Yeah, got well. you. So a lot of the yeah. four players. And there was Eric Spolstra. He looks like the guy who brings out like a uh, a tissue from his breast pocket in his suit if you're crying. He's like a oh, handkerchief. Like you need this. He's that guy. Mm. But then I sent you that um, that clip of you know the, the interview after the fact. He's like, yeah. oh, what are you guys angry about? I was like, we're just talking about dinner. Yeah. He he has that team taken care of. Yeah. He has that team taken care of. Yeah, you know, just... it's glad that it was Udonis that did it because there's nobody else. The, the teams Jimmy's been around longer now on the team that nobody else is the de facto leader for that team besides Udonis. It's it's not Bam yet. You no. know what I mean? To be the facilitator, it's not Bam yet. That's, no. My dogs even agree in yeah. background. I, I, it's just you know people are gonna make something bigger out of it. I, I, I watched NBA TV yesterday uh, while I was just waiting around, and Isaiah Thomas talked about it, and he was basically saying like like Jimmy needed to stand down here because what Udonis Haslam was doing is. The reason Udonis Haslam is still on the team is because he is the he is the uh, the source of the culture that the Heat ha- like that's the Heat's thing. It's Heat culture, so he's well. People the- don't understand the culture. So I was Isaiah yeah. Thomas of all people going to explain culture. Well, I mean Isaiah Thomas was explaining it like this is something that derives from the moment that Pat Riley got Alonzo Mourning, uh, and that culture is what continues to permeate throughout the organization and it moved on from Zoe and then because Udonna Haslam is still the guy that's left from 2006 and the big three era that he is still the source of it until someone else can take up the mantle and he can finally retire so uh and that's basically him is he felt like Jimmy needed to stand down to the culture there but I mean Honestly, it's just something that boiled over, and, and and like the players are explaining, like guys, we do this in practice. <laughs> like, uh, there's a reason Jay Crowder's not on the Heat no more. It's because he got into this with Jimmy Butler while he was with the Heat. You know, but uh, why do we always? Why are we the ones who always get shit on? Y'all forget Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face. Yeah, and, and but yet we're Scottie angry Pippen, that Scottie Pippen is not anywhere near Michael Jordan right now. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it, it's us because it goes back to the whole thing is like, are we just like the most unlike franchise? And I can get the whole Miami Dolphin hatred. Miami Marlins, they don't get enough traction to get that hatred coming there. But Miami Heat are getting like New York Yankees kind of heat when it comes into obnoxious. The New England Patriots and Tom Brady hatred coming to it. I find it I very know. weird because y'all should be hating Philly. Y'all should be hating Brooklyn. Everything we've done is organic. We have literally no one who has caused a problem on the roster. Do you hate us because of Sephiroth or whatever? It, 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 it seems like Parasolophilus? It seems like uh, the thing with the Heat is that nobody's willing to acknowledge our good our, our, our good qualities but as soon as like one little thing that they could point out our faults for and that's what they they hang on to 
So yeah. it's like, oh, they're in first place. But but every time they mention that they're in first place as well, but Milwaukee's like two games behind and Philly's like two games behind. Like they're just in first place for two thirds of the season. Exactly. Too. Everybody's just waiting for the pin to drop for the Heat, and it seems like that's that's been the entire narrative for the team. And 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 we'll see. I mean, if they hang on and still in first place, they're still going to get that hate. So. Um, it just makes no sense. We should be yeah. the most likable team because we have a bunch of no names on and, that roster. And it'll be, Butler it'll be even sweeter eyes. once like the Heat, the Heat uh, are in the playoffs, and then hopefully they do uh, finish out first in the Eastern Conference heading into it. And then you got the Lakers who are uh, playing in the play round against the Clippers, and they lose that game. I'm hoping that happens. That but that's kind of the center of the one. We're, yeah. we're the best bubble team. I, I hate that. Side note: Gonzaga just lost to Arkansas, so oh. bubbles be busted. Oh, Gonzaga yeah. always Gonzaga is like the they never win shit. They're always like a number one team coming into it, and somewhere along the way, they always screw it up. The Philadelphia seventy six. All right, this is, this is a good, is, uh, good transition. Black Rivers. Good transition into the Sweet Sixteen. So Gonzaga's out. Uh, but the St. Peter's Peacocks. We just love them because they're peacocks. I did not know that was their mascot name. You didn't know they were peacocks? No. I, it, Until was, now, this is like the first time I've seen the tourney. I've actually been so out of March Madness the last two years since COVID hit. Like last year, I was like, Baylor won? Dude. And I watched that game, but Dude. it was a blowout. No, I'm no. only invested now because the U might yeah. be there. I'm like, <laughs> what? Jim yeah. Laranega, we haven't fired you yet? Why would they fire him? He's a, a good coach. coach. It's not that he's a bad coach, it's the recruiting. Because you got to remember. Yeah, but it's, it's like, but he's I, in the ACC, it's hard. <laughs> I know That's... it's hard, but like it, the good thing about this is you had but, you uh, know, Roy Dude. retire, and then now you have uh, yeah. Kruszewski retire, so yeah. Larry can steal all that. Yeah, we exactly. have produced NFL stars and, UVA, and Bruce Brown. UVA fell off. And Lonnie Walker. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, the ACC should be slightly more open. Uh, with uh, with things and hopefully, but regardless, anyway, then the fucking Seminoles lost in the in the first four. Um, but man, the Peacocks, they beat Kentucky. Thank oh, God. Thank God. Thank God. No one can. Can we just agree that Bill Calipari is like the Urban Meyer of um, not Bill Calipari, the, Calipari, Coach Cal. Yeah, John Calipari. Here we go. John Cal. Because I'm think I was thinking Kansas for a second with Bill Self. But Bill yeah. Self's okay. Luckily, but we can say Calipari is like the Urban Meyer of um, MCAA coaching for basketball because he's had what is two? It him or is it Rick Pitino? No, 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 no. Pitino's his own damn level because because <laughs> um, Pitino ain't ever getting hired again. Remember, mm-hmm. so the the knock on Urban was you know doesn't draft credible people, doesn't use background stuff like that, doesn't hire credible people, Credibles. issues at colleges. Um, what was Calipari? Calipari had investigations when he was at Providence and in um, Memphis. Yeah, tampering and all that stuff. Tam- and all that stuff. So I'm just like, that's why I make that thing. Rick Pitino, I don't, ha- Rick Pitino, I don't have a coach in mind in the NFL associated with it, but it, it's some heavy shit. Yeah. I want to say it's like John Gruden, but... But like, I guess, you know, just them beating Kentucky, and then they beat Murray State, which was also located in Kentucky, so now St. Peter's owns the state of Kentucky in basketball. Uh, they're from Jersey City, New Jersey. I, I love their the, the um, their coach who used to play for St. John's, right? Or is it... Or is it was it St. John's? Or... Or Seton Hall? One of those. Uh, uh, what's his name? Shaheem, yeah, Shaheem Holloway. That's their head coach. And just the, the attitude that he's carrying with his team. 
Uh, especially like after they beat Kentucky, and it's like, were you nervous at all? It's like, why would I be nervous? It's basketball. <laughs> and are, do you think these guys are scared? These guys are from like New York and New Jersey. They're not scared of anything. Like just like that that entire attitude that he's carrying the team with. Uh, it, it's just amazing. And there are small, was it commuter college? that had to win their conference in order to get into the tournament and they're they're the current Cinderella darling right now and they're the peacocks they're the peacocks just beautiful amazing i'm loving it i'm loving it so um but yeah so them and i I marked here the miami hurricanes because they themselves are upsetting teams heading into this um okay and gosh, man, this is running late, and I'm not going to be able to talk about that, nor that, nor that. Uh, okay, how do you guys want to go from here? Because let's uh, just go to the cage. Let's okay. wrap this thing up. All righty. So we'll we'll leave our food discussions for next time, Andrew. Yeah, and the cage we'll is going to be very. The cage is going to be very limited because I don't want to compromise the WrestleMania picks because the problem is they're still developing the card fully set into it. So, welcome everybody. Your weekly Truplex, the Cage with Charles. Full reminder: Wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a stage fight. It is a song and dance. Poetry, emotion. Despite the fact that people want to say it's ballet, all hell on earth during this time of the year because y'all don't know the sacrifices that I have to give to you next week. My fucking Christ! It's gonna be a lot of wrestling, right? Because what's wrestling about? Chasing championships, establishing legacy, being the holy hell out of each other, trying to mean something in this little world, trying to entertain you folks. I understand what it means to be a pro wrestler because I run a podcast show with my buddies. I don't even run that. I'm just the I'm like Jimmy Hart. I'm just the mouth, and you guys are the performers. And we're just trying to get your emotions. We're trying to get your cheers, and we're trying to get your jeers. And we want to be so good that you throw like beer at us, and I still slick my hair back like Scott Hall. May he rest in peace. Boys, damn, there's so much wrestling going to be next week. Next week is going to be tough, and I caption it because next week we have Monday Night Raw go-home show. We have NXT go-home show because they're going to do Stand and Deliver on night one of WrestleMania. we got stuff for Impact that I don't watch, but I'll be on that Twitter feed. we got Dynamite that's going on. Then we got Friday Night SmackDown, which I'll skip on. And then we have WrestleMania Saturday, which will have NXT Stand and Deliver. So they're doing their pay-per-view that day. The only match I believe that I have full confirmation of is NXT champion Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker. Remember, Braun Breaker was champion, and then he lost in a triple threat match because Dolph pinned Ciampa. Well, now he gets his chance to go in front of a 20, 30,000 capacity crowd to show what he's worth. Why does this matter? Maybe he gets more people to watch NXT. Why does it matter too? That's basically Braun Breaker's big reveal to get called up to the main roster at some point down the line, right? So it's just so much wrestling. It's just so much because that's night one of WrestleMania. And then we have night two of WrestleMania. And boy, howdy, that, that's going to be a doozy as it is, fellas. I tell you, let's catch up what we can because it's a Thursday night show, right? So I can talk to you about Monday. I can talk to you about NXT. I can talk to you about AEW and I'll do it in small snippets. Monday. I'm getting excited, boys, because even though I think the WrestleMania car is still a little subpar, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited for Kevin Owens and Steve Austin. Did you guys watch the clips I sent you? It's really doing that good old kind of heel stuff that's coming in, right? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Do you guys like Steve Austin? Let me ask that. Andrew, you're back in the old days. You like Steve Austin? You like Stone Cold? Hell yeah. All right, give me a hell yeah. Even Francisco knows we know him from the middle finger. In high school and in middle school, WWE taught you three things. It taught you the suck it sign. 
that DX did. It taught you the eye roll that the Undertaker did, and it taught you the middle finger, give me a hell yeah, or a what chant that Stone Cold Steve Austin gave us. Big, important stuff coming into it. Owens doing some good work, getting you hyped up. Another person who's getting you kind of hyped up too is Seth Rollins. His whole goal right now is he needs a match at WrestleMania. What's the big rumor? Cody Rhodes should be premiering either at WrestleMania or returning at WrestleMania or the game after, not game after, the night after WrestleMania. But Seth Rollins is working everything. He's had multiple chances to kind of get back into the swing of things. But, you know, he can't find a match at WrestleMania. He tried to steal Kevin Owens' spot against uh, Steve Austin. Didn't work. He tried to steal AJ Styles' spot against Edge. That didn't work. He's saying next Monday at the Go Home Show, if I don't have a WrestleMania opponent going on, I will sabotage everything out of it, which would probably call Cody Rhodes into it. There's some rumors that their match is going to have implications to challenge whoever the unified champion is at WrestleMania Backlash in the following month. But, you know, let's not go too far. Charles has quips on that. Also still excited for AJ Edge. You know how AJ Edge is going to be even better? Because Edge is a full heel turn, Andrew. They changed his music. It's no longer Metalingus by Alter Bridge. It's still Alter Bridge. I think their song is called On the Other Side. But now we have Evil Edge, who's like in blue light. So Charles, I've been pushing AJ Edge for like five months now, right? Seriously, I saw that in November. I'm like, if I don't get this, we're revolting. I won't watch WrestleMania. I was dead ass serious. But Vince is like, no, no, no. You my best. You mine. You're going to go watch it. I'm like, oh, word. He's like, you're going to watch it on that new uh, OLED C1 television, buddy. I'm like, oh, word. Because they part of the reason why I can't do predictions yet is they keep changing the cards uh, on the nights that's going to happen. One day, AJ Edge is going to be on a Sunday, so night two. Now it's going to be on night one. I need full confirmation so I can hype up people. But AJ Edge is working because AJ was going against Seth Rollins. Whoever was going to win that would go against Edge. Edge interfered and hit AJ with the chair. Like, nah, you're my punk now. I'm about this, guys. Like, I'm so ready for it. The women's matches are getting more interesting. All this other stuff will we'll go on in there. But that was happening on Raw. And, of course, Roman Reigns at Brock. I sent you guys the video link. I sometimes, you know, I oversee a little bit of my program. I sometimes have to channel the Roman Reigns mentality because being a lawyer, being a professional, being anything real in this world, you can never be fully you. So you have to take certain kind of aspirations. But Roman as the tribal chief has been kind of like monikers I have going and working as an attorney, also working out. So, you know, I, I carry that whole like tribal chief mentality persona. It's great in my head, even though I'm not as like terrible of human being as he is in the show. We love Roman Reigns in real life. Follow us, Roman on Twitter, Charles the True, Dan Frijoles, FJOJR, Sports mm. Scoops, all that stuff. But it's the mantras. He's a needle mover. Acknowledge me. He's the tribal chief. When you prep for the 10, the 12, oh, I'm sorry, when you prep for the 12, the 10 comes easy. In that video I sent you, when he went and said that the gym, gym's the only, he's like, I love going to the gym. The gym's the only thing that does acknowledge me. The weight will tell you what you can move. It won't lie to you. I'm like, oh, that's that hardcore <laughs> mentality I love, which works because Brock Lesnar is a beast and they have built him as a beast. They Beefcake. have literally built him as a monster who has beat everybody. Beefy. So if you have one guy saying, we're going to prep it up to be the end all be all, the other guy saying, I'm prepared for the end all be all. I need this to be a stipulated match, Vince. I need this to be a first blood match or like a hell in a cell. If you give me a basic one, two, three match, I will definitely cancel Peacock for a bit because you drop the ball. So that was on Raw. They did a few things. NXT, they're prepping some stuff. They changed the women's match now from Cora Jade and Mandy Rose now being a fatal four-way of Cora Jade, Mandy Rose, uh, Kaylee Ray, and 
Io Shirai at Stand and Deliver. They're doing that because um, Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai won the Dusty Women's Cup Classic, so they cash in the opportunity of the title shot. So that's why instead of going against the tag titles, they can cash in a title shot for the singles titles. I, I don't know. Fine. I kind of don't mind what NXT 2.0 is doing, but then I'm just kind of like, meh, to other things. Dynamite. Did you guys watch the MJF promo? Can I just say on the show right now? Let me look at the at the group chat real quick so I can remember. Yeah, I sent it probably we were on the uh, thing. I said he's the best heel promo in the game right now. Maxwell Jacob Freeman is well, the best. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't break. Was it kayfabe? Is that what it is? Yeah, no, he does break kayfabe, but yeah. it's the insults that he says. So I'm gonna give it to you verbatim, and it might offend some people. Uh, who's listening, but I don't care because it's not my words. This is it's like what I tell the judges when I'm saying curse words that the other side said. So they're in Texas and he split from Wardlow or Wardlow betrayed him at uh, the pay-per-view that just happened in Revolution and all that stuff. And the whole thing is that Wardlow works for MJF. So he's like, you made a deal with the devil and devil is ironclad. And the crowd is shouting Jesus. They're saying Jesus. This is Texas here. Come on, man. So they're saying Jesus, Jesus. And he goes, he's like, oh, he, he goes and says, Jesus, I'll strap Wardlow's oh cross to done to Jesus. And I, I was like, oh. I just, I just listened to it. <laughs> I, I love it though. Because like, you got to understand, Ooh, this is a carny world. So the heels aren't supposed to be liked. So you're supposed to hate certain things. And if you have the ball, he's the one who called Darby Allen Looking straight shooter. into the camera. Yeah. So stuff like that works. People might get offended from it, but good because he's the bad guy. So you should want to see him get his comeuppance, right? I love it because I just think it's good promo work, but it's easier like heels in wrestling than faces because not every face is going to be like an Undertaker or a um, Stone Cold Steve Austin where it comes naturally, right? But seriously, when he said that line, because he called Darby Allen a sh- school shooter when they were feuding around um, Full Gear, and I was like, oof, that, that's rough to kind of go from. Like, Darby Allen does like face fans, stuff like that. But then when he just goes and says, Warlow, I'll put you on the cross like Jesus and whip you, I'm like, oof. I was like, oof, but I love it. I love it. Um, but he's great. I, I do think the prediction that I'm going to make is happening, so I'll put it now, even though it's laying there. You know, CM Punk is who beat MJF at the last pay-per-view. Uh, he's coming for that AEW championship. MJF and CM Wait, Punk. He's Jewish too. Styles. Yeah, he's the one. I think I sent you the emotional promo where he he was using his background. CM Punk saying that he was being called um, derogatory slurs about his religion, everything like that, mm. as a motivator. It, it played head games into CM Punk's way. The way he works on these promos, because here's the difference between AEW and WWE. WWE is heavily scripted with all these writers, and they write your promos majority of the time, and they only give leeway to certain people. AEW is like unscripted for the most part of how you do your promos. Um, so it's a little improv well it, it's improv but it's more or less you don't have anybody controlling mm-hmm. what you should say so you right. can at least be natural and flow and it works better for some people some people are just going to suck on the mic forever but they can be performers but i think this is going to lead a row where you know cm punk is going to beat hangman and then punk will lose to mjf on their third match and that'll establish uh, mjf as your you know total champion as your aw world heavyweight champion that's why uh, i just see the south park thing yeah that's hysterical yeah but it's about getting that good heat um daniel bryan um or brian danielson john moxley and william regal now part of the blackpool combat club okay whatever i'm I'm sick of stables let's just break them all up re refurbish some stuff now adam cole still feuding with hangman 
I don't know why, because he lost clean. We'll figure that out. Double or nothing is in May. That's their next pay-per-view. Maybe I have to spread that a little bit. SmackDown, we're hopefully going to hype up Roman Reigns. New Japan's doing some stuff, you know, doing the tournaments. Um, Zack Sabre, I think he's going to win. I'm back on my good traction, boys. I'm back on my good tractions. But I encourage everybody, you want to see good heel work for AEW? Go ahead and watch MJF's promo. You want to see some amazing promo that seeing roman reigns improvement watch his little promo about acknowledgement at the gym uh you know i got a little chub out of it It was great um i don't want to miss anything we're going to keep it short that's it because i will do a predictions when i have the full card either on a twitter feed with francisco's work a voice note what have you but the whole thing's not fully stacked yet and i feel that i would be doing a disservice if i gave the biggest wrestling pay-per-view for wwe in a very non-predicted stance, even though it's next week, there's four episodes of wrestling that has happened because you still have that SmackDown, that Raw, that other SmackDown, and that little bit of NXT because they are going to join it. And I got to give you guys predictions. And then when Revolution, or well, Revolution already passed, but when Double or Nothing comes out, AEW will get that love too, right? So enjoy yourselves. That's all I got for you this week on The Cage. All right, so that was quick. And yeah, guys, I do have, I'm just going to some some uh, ending notes here. So I am working on some stuff. Uh, I, I'm making a. I'm just gonna announce it here. I, I'm I'm trying to upload a separate version of the podcast that just entails Charles's cage segments. Oh. So that's, I and I've already got some already uploaded. So it's just called the Cage with Charles. If you want to look that up on the podcast apps out there, okay. So that's there's a few already up. But I, I have to go back into the back catalog and try and figure that out. Also, our TikTok is going to become a lot more involved because how do you do, fellow kids? Uh, because I, I, I did, I have posted some stuff on TikTok, but I haven't really paid attention to it, and um, and a little bit more on Instagram. But the, but the TikTok seems to be where the where the kids uh, like to hang out. Ooh, that does not sound good out of talk context, but <laughs> <laughs> but but the the beautiful thing is that we could put poll topics on there, and we do have some answers to some some stuff that we are wondering about. And I'm posting clips, especially our non-sponsored segments, and we talk about some stuff. So like, like uh, I put one of uh, of Outback Steakhouse if people like it or not. It's sixty forty right now on that poll topic. Those forty percent uh, people also like uh, steak and shake fries. Uh, and then I asked about the Winnie's hot honey chicken sandwich, whether people like that or not. We got a sixty-seven thirty-three percent split on that one. So, th- so there's that. Then, um, uh, whether vegan food makes you violently angry, like it does Charles. Very and, angry. And we've got a, a yes at thirty-three percent and no at sixty-seven <sighs> percent. Uh, uh, whether people have heard about Crackland Oat Brand cereal. And Andrew is on to something because there's 57% of people that say yes, they've heard of this cereal. So Andrew has been vindicated. Uh, And uh, now I just need to bring a box to you or you need to get a box. Well, I guess, I guess, like you said, why they sell it at Walmart. So um, I guess that's where a lot of people have seen it. And thus, uh, I don't shop at Walmart very much. And that's probably why, or Sam's Clubs, because Sam's Clubs is Walmart, right? So, um, well, yes, but they don't sell it there. Oh, oh, interesting. Uh, uh, and then uh, whether people liked Assassin's Creed Odyssey—that's an old question I posted back then. Sixty-one percent on that one. Uh, 
Um, and then uh, whether people love Taco Bell, that's an 85% yes on that one. So uh, then who we... Who the hell are those 50? I know who that 50% is. <laughs> um, it's going to be swinging. Whether people have a battle station or a man or a woman cave, uh, that's a, 47% of people said yes. The other 53% said no, which is understandable. Not everybody has a space to put all their gaming stuff. Charles just got Ramona. So... You know, he's got or his you thing. mean Ramona found me. <laughs> uh, whether people liked Sea of Thieves or have at least played it, so that's 63% said yes. Whether they played MGS5, 59% on that one is a yes. Uh, does anything beat breaking a new controller in? And uh, 54% said no. Uh, so, so there you go. Um, whether people are hyped for Splatoon 3, 93% said yes on that one. So hell those, yeah, those people need to follow us to play with us, please. Yeah, uh, whether people own Raycon headphones, <laughs> and ninety four percent of people said no. So sorry, Andrew. Uh, so, sorry, Raycon. If you want to sponsor us, <laughs> we'll 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 uh, jack those things up. No, Andrew we did, did it for the Astros. Andrew got did, no, you got uh, Skullhead headphones, right? Yeah, Andrew, yeah. They just got Raycon. Who did Raycon? Are they just randomly? No, no. We randomly mentioned it uh, okay. as a joke, <laughs> much like all our other sponsorships. Um, uh, whether people like toppings on their pancakes or not, 19% said yes. What? 81% said no. They don't want what? toppings on their pancakes. Wait, 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 wait. That's not, that's not including syrup, right? I don't – I didn't really specify. Didn't really. I, I don't know who eats pancakes clean with nothing on it. Um, Vegans <laughs> and bodybuilders. Uh, so there's there's that. Um, and I'm trying to find some other ones here. Whether people like Best Buy, 65% said yes on that one. Uh, and let's see. Are there any more poll topics? I think that's it for the uh, poll topics for the most part. But it's been really good. We get at least a nice, at least 100 people to vote on certain topics. So that gives us a nice sample size to gauge whether our opinions are right or not. <laughs> or to see whether people are wrong about their own opinions. So so I'm, I'm going to try and post more on that. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of the things in the works in the background. And we'll be probably back in like three or four weeks, like we normally are. So, and by that point, uh, I, I would hope that um, uh, me and Andrew can get together and get some food. And he'll have more broaden for our horizons by then. I hope I will have a, a box of Cracklin' Oat Bran as well. So I can get that away and get, give a full review of that. And... Yeah, and Charles will... Horizons by the time we get back to it. <laughs> yeah, lots of gaming opinions as well because we're going to have Kirby. I, I I think I'll buy it tomorrow. Um, all right. I'm getting it for free Ooh. because of my gift certificates from Ramona. She's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, anything more, guys, before we, we head out? No? No? All right. I love you, Ramona. <laughs> okay, guys. See ya. Have a good night. Take care.